Hello and welcome to Board Game Box Office Table Knots podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. My name is Max and I'm joined in this episode by Jash, Kenny, and Kyle. Today will be a bit of a different episode, uh, but a lot of fun nevertheless. We invited our Discord members to submit some questions for today's pod as sort of a mailbag episode. I've also come up with some questions of my own that I thought would be fun to discuss. But before we get into that, Kyle, what have you been playing lately? No, stop. Actually, we're going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer together this weekend. Jash and Kyle, Kenny, you suck. He couldn't make it, but I'm very (laughs) excited. I'm sure we'll talk about that more on the pod, but I couldn't. I had to say it. I'm soaked. Yeah, I'm glad you actually jumped in there. I didn't have a witty banter. I was too distracted by my dog squeaking. (laughs) Max didn't have any witty banter either. He just introduced us by name. Like no. Okay, you know what? Oh, that's true. Round three. Hello and welcome to Board Game Box Office Table Notch Podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. My name is Max, and I'm joined here today by Jash, who finally saw a scary movie that he actually enjoyed. Kenny, who is unfortunately not going to come join us for Barbie and Oppenheimer, and Kyle, whose dog is probably going to have more airtime on the podcast than he does today. Before we get into our featured topic, let's talk about the games we've been playing and the movies we've been watching. Kyle, what have you been playing lately? So wait, we are seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer this weekend? Yes. Yeah, but not Kenny. Double feature. But not Kenny. Not, not Kenny. Well, if Kenny's not going, I'm not going. Oh. That's a good idea. Well, you yeah. already paid me for the ticket, so that's okay. <laughs> Kenny, you want to go Kenny. see Barbie and Oppenheimer? I have an extra ticket. Yeah, no. dude, it's free. Kenny, you owe me $30. <laughs> I might go see All Barbie right. in the Louisville here, so yeah. maybe we'll see in synchronicity, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sad. Mm-hmm. You could have come to see it with us. Still in Are you not excited about Oppenheimer, Kenny, at all? Mm, no. Are you a Nolan guy at all? I think he's he's had a lot of misses. So interesting. Has yeah, has he? What are his misses? Or, or, or they're not like misses, but stuff I don't care about really. So, see, I'm not like the hugest Nolan guy yet, but like maybe I will be. I might just be a basic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I might just be <laughs> the Nolan swear. guy, which is pretty. <laughs> 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 which is pretty yes. typical i feel like most most film bros are nolan guys and i don't feel like mm-hmm. i typically follow like the popular stuff all that often <gasps> but uh nolan i like i like nolan i mean i've never seen inception uh so oh, that's probably like his biggest sorry. one but mm-hmm. i'm a huge interstellar fan i'm a huge fan of uh tenet uh, the dark knight was good when i saw it but there's still a lot of his like film repertoire that i haven't yet to see we're definitely doing a nolan episode i think oh we have, yeah we, we owe it no to like society. after oppenheimer we need to like we need to get yeah. on that as much as we need to get on the indiana jones pod because we, we gotta get oh, that yeah. taken care oh, of yeah. the indiana jones pod. i'm pretty triggered by that by the way <laughs> i know you are i can tell you've been very <laughs> passive aggressive <laughs> It's not been passive. No, thank you, Josh. It is not. I'm very clear. Listen, listen. If Danielle's listening to this podcast, which she won't be, she (laughs) wants to watch Indiana Jones with me. So unfortunately, I am at I am at her disposal. It's like because you've never rewatched a movie before. I'm not really. I mean, that's true. But I didn't like Raiders enough to want to rewatch it that much. So like, I'm not sure that I want to rewatch all the other ones. I'm interested. Well, I will say. Temple of Doom and um, the Last Crusade made me want to go back and retry Raiders. Hey, I think really? I will enjoy it more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I do really want to watch them, Kyle. I'm just also trying to watch them with Danielle. But maybe Matt, we'll get in one of them tomorrow because the big girls are out of town. Um, and I don't think we have any plans tomorrow. So 
Maybe we'll get in a movie. Maybe I'll make her watch Tenet, though. I think she'd love Tenet. That's sarcasm. She'd probably hate it. Oh, okay. I was like, hmm. Anyways, Kyle, what have you been playing? <laughs> I played uh, a very, very hot game. Literally. Uh, Heat Pedal to the Metal, Ooh. which is about Formula One racing in the 1960s. Um, it was all the rub uh, a few months back. I know the Dice Tower people were all about it, and BGG was all about it. and um, I bought it when I saw it at Guard Tower, or no, I bought it when I saw it was finally on sale at Amazon because it was out of stock for a long time. And so when it came on sale at Amazon, I, I snatched it up. Then I read the rules and I was, I was skepti. Um, it seemed pretty light. It didn't seem like a lot going on, um, for a racing game because, uh, what it is, is like, uh, you pick a map and the map tells you how many times you have to go around. So like we played the USA map. Uh, so you had to go around twice and first person across the finish line is the winner. Um, and what's interesting about this game is everybody has a 15 card deck. That's it. Just 15 cards and your deck never really changes. It's not a deck building game. It's not a drafting game. You just have 15 cards and, uh, 14 of those cards, um, are just numbers one through five or zero through five. Um, but what's cool is. Uh, every turn you have to decide what gear you're in one through four and whatever gear you're in is how many cards you play. So if you're in fourth gear, you play four cards um, and the cards you play determine your speed. So if you play four cards, you can put like a four out and a four out and a five out. And that means you're going a lot of spaces. You're going very fast. Um, but the curves have a certain number on them. And if you go over that number, then there's a chance that you spin out. Oh, I like so that. even though it's 15 cards, there's a lot of strategy in like, how do you manage your hand? Um, and there's also these cards, uh, a few cards in your deck called stress cards. Um, and there's when you play a stress card, you draw a card randomly off your deck. So you don't know what it's going to be. It could be a one or a four, um, but you can't get rid of them any other way other than playing them. Um, so it's like, do I play this now when I'm on a straightaway when it won't matter? Or do I or do I get screwed because I didn't play them earlier? And when I'm going through a turn, I'm playing like three stress cards and I don't know what I'm going to get. Um, so I was very, very surprised despite it being highly regarded. I was shocked how much I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, it was pretty quick. It was like a 90 minute play with a teach. Like, I think I can get down in an hour. And we also played the very basic version of it. We just played the USA map with no modules, but the base game of uh, heat comes with like five different modules. It comes with weather. Uh, so that determines like if you, you could have to go around like a turn slower if it's raining or something, or if it's like snowing, um, it has this garage module where out of your 15 card deck, you actually draft three unique powers to you. Um, which I think I would, I'm going to put in every game going forward. I just didn't want to throw that in cause I didn't know the cards yet. Um, and then there's also a, a grand prix where you actually do four races in a row and then based on your position, you get points, just like in Mario Kart. So if you get first, you get nine points. If you get second, you get six points. And then you add up how many points you get at the end of all four races. Um, so there's a lot to that game with four maps. Um, I think there's a lot of value in it. I, I really, really liked it. I just have one question that has nothing to do with heat. Okay. Who's your Mario Kart driver? Uh, Luigi. I'm a Luigi guy all the way. Are you? Kenny? And all Mario games. Oh, uh, Mario. Oh my god! I know. All right. so, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, it, it depends on what game. If it's like Mario Kart sixty four, I'm probably gonna pick Yoshi, um, because that's who I always picked this when I was far younger. Too detailed or but nowadays in the modern games, I like to pick Bowser. 
Yeah, Bowser's my guy too. You seem like a Wario nice. guy, Josh. I'm not gonna lie. He does. Yeah. I don't know or how to a, take that. Uh, Waluigi, perhaps. <laughs> I I played Waluigi in the DS version. Uh, that's who I liked to be in that one. Look, why do you all go off on tangents that have nothing to do with the board games? Anyways, I'm glad Heat was good. Yeah, that's uh, it's been on the hotness like the entire time that I've been back. So I've been interested in it. So I'm glad to hear that it's good. I would be open to bringing it down if it people want to play it because like that's a pretty quick game that five of us could play, six of us could play it. So yeah, sure. Because I think it's going to be fine, and I want to be proven wrong. Uh, Max, I would be shocked if you said it's more than fine. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Really looking forward to it. <laughs> I mean, that's about all games. I don't know if there's a game in my collection that you would think is better than fine. Uh, Nemesis, Ankh, Dwellings of Eldervale, Glenmore, Ark Nova, Mansions of Madness, Twilight Imperium, <laughs> Too Many Bones. Just by looking behind you, Toon Imperium. For 10 seconds, Spirit Island. It's not that hot. Rising oh, yeah, Sun. Rising Sun's I'm right not. There. I don't hate games. <laughs> You guys are killing me. Kenny, you wanted to say something and we got talking. Yeah, I watched the No Rolls Bar playthrough of this and before that it wasn't really on my radar, but after watching that I'm like, yeah, I get I get why this seems good. Um All right, bring it down, Kyle. Also, I, I wonder yeah, I have Mon- Monopoly Mario Kart cars that we could sub in too. So let's, No. Let's, let's okay, let me tell you something, Kenny. Before I got heat on so I bought heat on Amazon and I immediately went out to Target and bought every Mario Kart Hot Wheel they had. Yeah. Hoping I could replace them. They're probably huge, right? They are triple the size of the spaces. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I was so pissed. I was like, hey Brie and Hattie, have some Mario Kart cars. (laughs) You're welcome. Here's thirty dollars worth of Hot Wheels. Well, maybe the Mario Monopoly though, gamer Monopoly yeah, yeah. or whatever. Would I'll, work. I'll bring it down. We'll see if they fit, and you can spend like thousand okay. yeah, we'll dollars on eBay to pick them up. Is that an expensive okay. game? I think they are now. Yeah, I remember Not seeing thousands, those in GameStop for like twelve dollars on clearance regularly. That could have been a solid. Investment. But now they're vintage, Max. Maybe now they're vintage. Now they're at half price books for twice the price oh they my are gosh. online. Two grand? Oh my. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a story there we can get into. Yeah, I'm interested to try Heat. I do not know how much I'm going to like it, but I will happily play it when you bring it down, Kyle. So this might be a bigger can of worms, and I'm sorry because I know we have four people on and four games and four movies, but... Um, 55 burgers, 55 burgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a different tangent. We can't do tangents on tangents. That's tangent Inception, and you haven't seen Inception. <laughs> Not yet. Uh oh. Ah, what was I gonna say? <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. Well, okay. Leave, the, leave <laughs> this in. <laughs> yeah, he pedaled the metal. That's a game. Hotness, baby. Yeah. Oh no, I do remember. I do remember the segment. Okay, so this a this is like a light medium game. I would say it's light to medium. Would you say you bounce off light medium games more than you used to? Yeah, I think so. And I've talked about this before, and actually it may end up coming up later when we get to our questionnaire because of one of the questions that was proposed. Um, I think in general, middleweight games are just an incredibly saturated market right now that they're incredibly forgettable. Uh, like it takes something special. And maybe Heat is that something special. I but it takes something special for close. it to like stick around. Like if you look at my shelf, 
I don't have many medium weight games. Like uh, one that I'm looking at right now would be like Imperial and Millie Fiori, which are squarely middleweight in my opinion. But they also are are like unique and special in my opinion. The vast majority of my collection is something either mid heavy or like party light because no. it's just such an abundance of middleweight games that like I'm with you. I feel like it's just so hard to find ones that not so hard to find ones. It's so hard to find new ones that overtake the ones you already love is kind of what I mean. Yeah. That you already know. And know. Right. I'm with you. I do think Heat has that little something that like that little spark, you know, that Asher. like, like yeah. oh my God, I want to play that again. That, um, <laughs> that, was, that was unintentional. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's more special than something like Earth, which is another medium weight. Yeah. Game. I'm, I'm not super partial to Earth. I, I do think it's good, but like, I don't love it. So it, it wasn't something special for me. So I'm interested yeah. to see if he did. All right. All right, I took it up, up enough time. We no, 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 that's okay. We don't need to worry about Kenny's game. Um, <laughs> Kenny, what game do you want to talk about today? Uh, we're not worrying about that today. Uh, what do okay. you play, Josh? Josh. Oh, <laughs> I played a game called... Oh. <laughs> I want to hear about your game, Kenny. So I, I've been playing games I've been playing a lot recently, like Terraforming Mars, White, uh, Whitehall Mystery. Um, we talked about those before. So I'm going to go back into the mind banks uh, about a month or so ago and talk about a game I played called Detective City of Angels. Uh, this is by uh, Van Ryder Games, uh, and it was designed by Don't give Van Ryder himself. In Florida, <laughs> <laughs> with his Van Ryder collection. Uh, this, this is already a hot mess. Uh, the designer was Evan Derrick. <laughs> uh, the art of darts by Vincent Dutrait, and it's really beautiful art. You know, oh, that's nice. This is already a hot mess. Is a really good name for a podcast. Yeah, that's you know. You want to change your that name? might have been on our short list. It might have been on our short list. I think it was TBH. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Detective City of Angels is basically like this mystery, uh, kind of a sleuth game where one person's acting as the chisel, which is basically the GM of the game. Uh, so they know the how to solve the case, and they know they're going to basically be acting out as the all the different people you're going to talk to in the case. Uh, while the other people are going to play as the investigators who are trying to solve the case, uh, usually a grisly murder set in like the 1940s uh, in Los Angeles. I thought grizzlies didn't murder. Unless you're a cocaine bear. That's good. Oh, okay. Murder. Yeah. It's kind of like this pre-planned thing where uh, someone's been murdered and the investigators have to find out who did it, uh, with how and why, right? And if you can basically figure out those three things, very clue-like, uh, you win the game. But what's I think what makes the game really interesting is that it's basically you 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 start at the crime scene and then you can really go anywhere in like this map of Los Angeles. Um, you kind of get like clues of like like who you should talk to, where they could be. <clears throat> so you're kind of like moving your investigators around Los Angeles, um, talking to people, getting all these leads, um, asking the questions you think are pertinent to the investigation. And the chisel is like you basically will go to a location, so you're like at a sleazy nightclub in downtown LA. You'll, you'll say, hey, I want to talk to this person and I want to ask them specifically about like what like what were they wearing that night? And the chisel will basically have like this like readout of all the things they can choose from and they can choose to give them an answer. And they could potentially give them like the best answer they can, which is like as truthful as they can be without um, giving too much away. Or they can give them or they can deceive them. As the chisel, you're kind of choosing how much information to give them. Right. But uh, the investigator, after they hear the response from the chisel, can decide to press on. To press them, basically, like you know, shove them against the wall, say, "Give me the goods," you know, <laughs> and at which point they'll 
uh, they'll get even more information out of the chisel if they if they choose to push at the right time. Uh, so it's just really interesting a dynamic of like uh, trying to get as much information as you can uh, from the chisel to solve the case. And yeah, it's it's like kind of just like very like a bit of an on rails like experience. Like it's I, I'm hesitant to even call it like a straight up board game. It's as much of a board game as it is like a, a mystery game as it is like a RPG in a way. Um, but it's a really cool, unique experience. Like the group I played with uh, was really into it. Um, we played it purely cooperative, um, which makes it a lot easier. I think it actually speeds up the game quite a bit. Um, so our, each game took about maybe an hour. Uh, I think if you play this competitively, that'd probably double in time. But I think, yeah, it's still an interesting game. If, you, if you're if you into that vein, like I know like Kyle isn't really into like narrative style stuff. So this might not be up your alley yeah there's two things that worry me worry me about that game honestly and like i do pr- think it's probably as cool for like a one-time experience but there's two things that worry me um games with a dm kind of worry me um like even blood on the clock tower gives me a little bit of pause but like i'm lucky enough to have a like max who knows and loves the game like be a really good dm for it but like my friend who just like bought blood on the clock tower um, even though he's like very charismatic and outgoing, like I worry that he doesn't have the experience to do something like that and it could break the game. I also worry about games that can also that can be competitive or co-op. Yeah. Um, I I find those don't tend to work. Uh, but I will I'm gonna have to trust you on this. Like if you think there's probably like one version that's better, and if it is cooperative, that's probably the way I would want to play it. Yeah, I think it really depends on the group. So like I would say about the DM thing, the chisel, like basically it's like, it's still like a very on rails experience. Like the chisel always knows what they're going to say. Right. They really, but is it going to be fun for them? That's what I was going to ask. This sounds like it would be absolutely fun for me if I was the GM. Really? It sounds bo- yeah. if you're just reading. Yeah, but you can like get into it. Yeah, exactly. I think that where it comes like the role playing element of like, if you want to act like a 1940 scumbag, you know, get into that, like, I don't know, that persona that makes it a bit more fun. Yeah, I get that. I get wanting to role play, and I like role playing. But like, is don't clip I that. feel like there are games that have to do that better, right? Like, I don't know. To me, it seems like why would I? Why would I play this as the DM when I could go play another role playing game that would be more role playing heavy? I don't know. Well, I think you got to be a giving person, Max. Mm, well, <laughs> not me. Like, man. like I, I hear. See, like I, I hear this, and I think of. Like, um, my wife and our friend who I DM'd for, we did a one shot for D and D. And I think that this is something that they would absolutely love the, cause they both love like solving mysteries. And I put like that sort of thing into the one shot that we did. So hearing this immediately, I'm like, this would be a great thing to do with that group specifically. So like, maybe it's cause you don't like dm or something because like hearing this immediately i was like oh this seems like it would be great with my group well uh i have dm'd on multiple <laughs> occasions and i'm the storyteller in blood on the clock tower i um, didn't know that you didn't I, I didn't know that you dm'd on multiple occasions i have yeah oh okay whenever well, i, I no, retract it's probably that fine. statement I, it's just it just it just worries me much like kyle i would definitely give it a shot i it just to me it yeah, seems same. like it is it seems it seems off. It seems at odds, in my opinion. I also want to say that grizzlies are brown bears, and they would totally murder. They are specifically that is the murder such bears. A delayed response. You I wanted to let Kenny give a spiel about the game for before that? coming in about the bears. <laughs> I knew that when I said it. That was the bit all along. <laughs> it was like ten. 
10 minutes later. I just wanted it to be said. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut that segment and I'm going to put it an hour into the podcast. That's good. And yeah. just, just randomly an hour into the podcast, you're like, yeah. oh, Grizzlies definitely kill people. <laughs> There's over two reported Grizzly kills. So I'll say like, just to kind of round out the conversation, if I were to play with you all, I would actually want to play competitively. So like, uh, we're basically, you are independent investigators trying to get the information. Uh, so that kind of makes it in a way, like, instead of like all the information is open, like you go to a crime scene, you know exactly what everyone is saying. It becomes a thing like, actually, I give you like a response in a card and you only, you know, that information and everyone else can choose to use their resources to see if they want to also get that information from you. So it, it kind of, that's what kind of makes it uh, a bit more dynamic competitively but it also makes it probably longer as well would you pick to play this with us though like us four sitting at a table no i would not the world is our oyster would you ever pull this no. game out no <laughs> i will say i liked that you said cooperatively it only takes about an hour because i fully expected this to be a two to three hour game yeah probably, probably an hour hour and a half that's not bad that's not how bad. much replayability do you think that it has like how many cases are in there uh there's you no know? I think like eight to ten. Um, but okay, I think that's a good number. Done, it's done. Um, once you know it, you know it. So you probably right. can't revisit it. But there are a lot of several expansions at this point. So you know, yeah. But you could pass it on as well. So like once I'm done with it, I could pass it on to like you or Doolin. Who are the two people of the table? Not I think would enjoy this game. So right. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I think Doolin equally like to me would You're have heard that, that description no. and get excited. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh yeah apt, apt reasoning there kenny yeah that makes I sense, agree with that you. Makes sense. <laughs> like you want to be offended but then you're like nah yeah you're like yeah yeah i probably wouldn't like it actually <laughs> <laughs> speaking of games i don't like what have you been playing josh you don't like oh, everdell oh. <laughs> <laughs> i restrained myself there <laughs> I I was like I, I was excited to come here and be like guys I finally played a game that like you guys have played and liked and I I've played it now too and then Max immediately was like I hate this game and I was like oh I guess it's not as exciting that I finally played Everdell. Well, I love it, Josh. I'm I'm glad. I um I, I don't know if I need to go super into what the game is. I don't know, but um it's a it's a worker placement with cute little animals. You play it over seasons and you get places and animals and you build up your little tableau. It's a worker placement, so you put your little cute animal meeples on things to get stuff. And I'm not good at worker placement games, um, but I played this and I think I realized that maybe it's not that I'm bad at worker placement, but I'm always playing worker placement games with people who already know how to play those games. Because, like, mm. I played the same thing it's with fair. Everdell. Like, I feel like every single worker placement game, we get to the end and we tally up the points. And I'm like, I think I did good. And then everyone else is like double my score. And I'm like, oh, well, I thought I did good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this one, I forget how much I scored. It might have been around like 49 or something at the end of my first game of Everdell. And they were like, no. Yikes. You- my first game of Everdell, I scored over 100. Dang. Okay, well. I'm just, was no, like, I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, how am I supposed to know? I don't know. Dude, if you don't You're score at even... least 150 in that game. Yeah. You... <laughs> but I, 
I said out loud, like when we were done, I was like, oh, I thought I was doing good. But then you guys like did so much better. And they were like, well, no, that's a good score for your first time. We just know the cards and know what to look for. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a thing. That is big. Forever yeah. now. No, it makes you feel better. Huge. Uh, my average score over two plays of Everdell is 49. Oh, see, that's literally the score that I got. Yeah, my high score is 52. So <laughs> I also think I also think the mark of a, a good game is if you lose, but you felt like you did well. Uh, yeah. So you felt like you did something. You felt like you built up something. Yeah. Um, like, like I had a you strategy not, at least you have like, Yeah, right. Um, one thing I really enjoy about Everdell is that even though it's worker placement, I like that there are four worker placement spots that are variable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're nothing like game breaking. It's just like more very, vari- it's like variations of other spots, like drawing cards or getting resources. Mm-hmm. But those spots are, are so crucial to the game and they really do dictate what cards you may go after. Um, yeah. And I highly suggest if you did like Everdell, Josh, which it sounds like you liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed enough, it. I suggest trying to play it with, uh, the expansion Spirecrest, which makes it a, uh, a little meaner. Because every season there's like a like an event. So like in the winter, you may not be able to play cards from the meadow or in the summer you there's like everything costs like an extra berry or something like that. So just like there's like little things tacked on that make it harder. But there's also more scoring opportunities elsewhere. So much, in fact, that you actually get one less worker throughout the game. So it just it really changes up everything that you're doing. Max, why are you the way that you are? Last time I was on a podcast with you, you started playing the stand-up bass on your pant strings. What, what and now, do you mean? He was just staring into the camera, mouth as big as wide as it can be, eyes like wide open, just staring. What are you forward. talking about? You're lying. <laughs> Max, you are gaslighting me in front of our entire audience, and I will not stand for this. I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Max is just mad because this is a popular game that everybody likes, and he doesn't. And- well, you know, you, y'all, y'all, you and Jeff and everyone else always dogs on me for only liking popular things or only hating popular things, which I don't understand how it can be both, but somehow it is. <laughs> and I think Everdell is like I think Everdell's perfectly good. Like it, it is a good game. I do not hate it. I'm I'm memeing when I say that I dislike Everdell. But to me, it doesn't it doesn't quite uh, breach that point that we talked about earlier. Is like something special. Like I'll play Everdell. Sure, it's fun. It's a fine worker placement game. I'll play it any day of the week. But like I would rather play other things. It's have not you that played I hate it live it. or only on the app? No, I've played it live, but only live one okay. time. I've played it on the app okay. one or twice and live one time. Um, and the only live play I had was with Pearlbrook, and probably three years ago. So I mean, it's been no, a I mean, while. I'm a big proponent of uh, first impressions matter. So I think you just playing it once is not like I, I'm not saying like, oh my god, you got to play it. 50 times to understand oh, yeah but i get it though. i there. get it i haven't given it a you know a world of opportunity just to several just several attempts but and i'm going to be real with you you shouldn't if you didn't enjoy those plays that much you should there are too many good games to go back yeah. to games that you think are mediocre also it's expensive every expensive. expansion is 50 bucks it's like what like, the yeah heck? that's an entire game right there yeah everdell is so costly if, if you want to get everdell at target it's like 
seventy five dollars. Yeah, did you see the MSRP for the the new one? Yeah, Far don't Shore get me started. Don't get me started. Like, we have dog. too much to go on. I will what? go off on Far Shore. It is That's crazy so stupid. to me. I, I will say so. We actually got a review copy of Far Shore in, and I've yeah, I looked over the rules and I kind of went through the components and like the the production of that game is like beautiful. Like it has like crazy like it's just almost like this toy factor for the game of like mm-hmm. bits are just like but everdale has that right yeah, but i think far shore is even more than everdale even like my like my daughter level. was playing with it just dumped everything on the table and was just playing with all the components i'm like yeah i can see this why you, you would enjoy that but um <clears throat> and, and speaking of far shore i'm like i would actually be interested in trying it with you all um see kind of see what you think of it especially J- yeah. josh since he's so fresh off bring of, it down on friday himself. yeah let's, let's do it of that. let's do it yeah mm-hmm. i'm in absolutely I like the way the berries feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. In the Far Shore, they have like little uh, seaweed kelp that's nice and squishy too. Ooh. So, um, But for me, I'd say that I, one thing I love about Everdell is that it is the coziness of the game. There's like a certain, like, I don't know, the, the critter theme of theming of it. Is, I agree. It's just like, it's, if there's something, I mean, I don't think there's something inherently super special about Everdell, but I think like that adds a lot to it for me. Like, it's just it's, like... It's style. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be in that world, right? Mm-hmm. More than like, I like terraforming Mars quite a bit, but like I would, if I'm playing a tableau builder, like Everdell's world excites me more than terraforming Mars. Is, That's crazy, does, dude. You could have talked about that on last podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, there is substance um, too, though. Please. Li- yeah, for sure. Listeners. <laughs> I I meant to ask this in the discord. Are those morons from last week's episode <laughs> overstating how complicated that <laughs> subject was? Because I don't think it was that complicated. You know, you know who struggled with it the most? I think Doolin did. I don't know. I, I think I had. I think I understood the assignment, no, but Doolin. Kenny, you got it. Yeah, I'm with you, Kenny. Me and you, same wavelength. I'm God pretty sure I you. cut an entire Max and Doolin. I'm pretty sure I cut an entire like five minute conversation from the final product where we continued to ramble on about what is and isn't style over substance. And I was like, okay, we don't need this. (laughs) I was like like, banging my head against the window (laughs) when I was listening. Like, how are they so confused? (laughs) I haven't listened to it yet. So so this is going to be, this is going to be fun. Everyone just, everyone is like, every topic is subjective. That's what's also making me mad. You were like, we can't really talk about this. No, 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 We're a podcast. It's all subjective. I'm doing something. (laughs) (laughs) If you're talking about like favorite directors of all time, it is objective who and who is not and is a director. Like we can't talk about Michael Jackson being a director because he's not. That's objective. Listen, whose favorite is subjective. But when you're talking about style over substance, style and substance, and whether that's good or bad or indifferent, is all subjective. That's what makes it a good topic. I agree, Thanks, Kyle. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you holding up a, a, a note that says stop to the camera, Kenny? Oh, man, we need cue cards. That's a, that's brilliant. <laughs> in a visual, in our video cast, maybe. For Otherwise, ourselves. it's going to be me. Oh, yeah, fair enough. All right. The game I've been playing, actually, Josh and I played this last night, uh, is Watergate. Um, this is by Capstone Games. And it's a two-player head-to-head game where one person is playing as Nixon administration and the other person is playing as the reporters. And basically, the Nixon administration is trying to gain enough momentum to win the game, whereas the reporters are trying to connect 
several reporters to Nixon to kind of case close, win the game that way. You do this by basically playing tug of war over a number of things. You're playing tug of war over an initiative tracker, a momentum tracker, as well as three or more, whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? It's Scooby-Doo. What do they find? Clues. Clues? Well, it's not clues. Evidence. What's the word? Evidence. That's the word. Thank you. Scooby Evidence says. on this uh, <laughs> on this track. And you're playing cards and using the value to move them towards you or using the action on that card, which can be a special event like recruiting a journalist or basically just moving a bunch of different things or whatever. But it goes back and forth and back and forth. And ultimately, it creates a really tense game. Uh, every time I've played it, at least. This is only the second time I've played this game. Uh, I bought it because I was like, my wife likes history. Danielle loves history. This will be great. And she's like, yeah, but I only like pre-1930s history. And I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I didn't. I did not realize. <laughs> so basically, we never played Watergate. Um, but yeah, last night's game ended with Jash getting the final fifth momentum token on the as Nixon the very same turn that I would have pinned the last evidence I needed to win the game as the journalists, but momentum token goes right before the evidence in turn order. So it was literally down to the last action, uh, super fun game. Just a, probably one of, if not my favorite, like tug of war esque games. Like when you're just like doing things that revert other actions people have taken. Cause sometimes that can be mean and uh, not fun, but, I found in Watergate with it being pretty quick and easy, like I was never bothered by that happening. Yeah, I really liked the not just the tug of war aspect, but like you had to prioritize what you wanted to to take and what you wanted oh, to yeah. fight over. Um, So there were plenty of times where I was like, OK, maybe I can't get this evidence token back from you. So I'm just going to secure the momentum token. So I still get closer to my goal, even while you are getting closer to your goal at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Like round one, I just let you have a momentum token, which was not a good idea, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I think that's fine. Well, I only got one evidence out of it, Kyle. <laughs> if I got more evidence out of it, it would have been fine, but he, we, he played a good card that, uh, that stopped me in my tracks for what I was doing, unfortunately, but yeah, really good game. Have you all played this one? Yeah. I love Watergate. I'm waiting for the Trump version. Probably like in 10 years. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It'll be called Marlago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. I like it. It could be called like a lot it. of things. It could be it's called. True. <laughs> All right. On to the movies. Kyle, speaking of <laughs> what oh, you've been yes. watching. This is a documentary on January 6th. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Topical. I really don't know what this is. Yeah. Okay. So has anybody even heard of the movie Election? No. I saw when it first came out, but I was way too young to really understand it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a 1999 movie with Matthew Broderick and Ooh, I like Reese Matthew Witherspoon. Broderick. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's like um, first role. The producer? <laughs> no, that movie's terrible. <laughs> you mean it doesn't, you know, I get it. I get why you don't like it now. It's not, it doesn't have any lions. <laughs> yeah. I oh, <laughs> Don't swear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back on track, boys, shall we? Well, we got to restart. Off the rails. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, welcome to Board Game Box. Um, <laughs> so, election is about a high school election 
Uh, Matthew Broderick plays a high school history teacher. Um, Reese Witherspoon plays uh, a very, um, I don't know, how to, like a very energetic teen uh, teenager who's into every activity possible. Um, she's one of those students you hated because like she was like always trying to get valedictorian straight A's. Was it responsible for everything yearbook? Um, and she was running for class president. She's the only one running for class pre- president. And Matthew Broderick character hated her. Um, did not want to have to deal with her being the class president and having to do all these activities with her. So he enlisted um, a football player who got hurt and couldn't play football to be to run against her. And this football player is actually uh, just like a really, really nice guy. He's not like a typical jock. He's kind of dumb, um, but like in a nice way. Um, everybody liked him and he's just like a really nice guy. And uh, he just wanted to do it to be on it, get it on his like resume for a potential scholarship since he wasn't on football anymore. Um, and then eventually uh, the jock's sister ends up running as well because uh, she is in a relationship with another girl. And that girl doesn't want to be in a relationship with her anyway. And then so starts dating the jock. So she's mad at her brother. Um, And so this just becomes an election of between three people um, who really have nothing to do with each other, but end up trying to sabotage each other all at the same time while Matthew Broderick, who's a teacher, is trying to sabotage Reese Witherspoon. Um, It's a very dark comedy. Um, It's not laugh out loud funny, but a lot of the themes are funny. And just like the premise is uh, really good. I wouldn't say it's like, a movie that like I'm going to go out and tell everybody to watch election immediately. It was so good. Everybody should see election, but I did rate it four stars on letterbox. I thought it was a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you enjoy like, just like teen, like teen dark comedies, uh, like if you've seen Heather's or uh, even like Ferris Bueller's day off, it was starring Matthew Broderick like that. It's in line with a movie like that. Obviously not as classic as Ferris Bueller, but or the producers. Um, I, it's way better than the producers. You're so wrong. I highly recommend Election for anybody who's just looking for like a chill, a hundred minute movie. Um, that's sort of fun. Is it better than the other classic high school movie about elections? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. Vote for no. Carlos. Oh, oh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, you mean Pedro? Oh, is it Pedro? Yeah. You're right. It's been like literally 20 years since I've seen that movie. Uh, No, Napoleon Dynamite is a 100 out of 100 movie. Um, Really? Election's not quite there. It's an incredible coming of age (laughs) story. It's hilarious. And it's very funny. I literally only remember the quotes like, hey, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's like all I remember. Dude, you should watch it again. Coach would have put me in one state. Is it really not even about the election? Like, I remember that being a key plot point in that movie. I guess it is a plot point, but the movie's not really about anything, wow. in my opinion. Man, I need to rewatch that. It's been too long. So what brought about you yeah. wanting to watch Election? This, I mean, it's such a you talk about oh, me random watching pull. random crap um, all the time, and then that's because he's here seen the other election. movies already, Max. Thank no. you, Josh. No, he has not. <laughs> have you watched Before Sunrise yet? I have not. See, I'm already done with that. But okay, let me explain. Let me answer Kenny's question. Okay. I was working from home. When I'm working from home, I like to put on a movie that won't distract me too much, but I can still get enjoyment in. Mm. So I go on HBO Max and I just look for a movie that sounds sort of interesting and I put it on. I don't want something like but Before Sunrise or Before Sunset, whichever one I'm supposed to watch because I need to know everything about it 
going into the podcast. I can't be distracted at all. I also don't want to rent any movies from our movie list because I don't have any free ones left. I, so I can't watch, watch those while I'm working. So yeah, I just find something on Max that sounds so, sort of interesting. So you're looking for something mediocre yes. to good yes. to distract exactly. you while you work. Got it. An election was right yeah. there Easy for to me. consume. Exactly. I get yes. it. I get it. I don't plan on watching this movie, though. Oh, I know, because you have a movie from 1980, which got 3,000 critic reviews, five star, and nobody else in the world has seen it. If Made something has 3,000 five star critic reviews, like, you literally <laughs> joked on me for saying, for watching Mulholland Drive, because you were like, what the heck is Mulholland Drive? Like, that's one of David Lynch's most famous films. Yeah, I understand. And then you also went about how pretentious it was. Uh, no, no, you are remembering it wrong. <laughs> that is not. That is not what happened. <laughs> I said my review was pretentious. Not and the, the movie. movie sounds extremely pretentious. Watch it, Kyle. I'll, I will. I'll even. I'll give you the Blu-ray. I mean, I want it back eventually, but I'll I give you the Blu-ray. I don't have a way to watch that. You don't fast. have a Blu-ray player? No. What is wrong with you? Don't don't text like Shane Max. Don't text Shane. PS4, just chilling. I don't have any of those. Like I don't have. A, I only have a Switch. Ah, they don't have a disc. Yeah, drive. you can just stuff the disc <laughs> right inside the Switch. Work. <laughs> It'll work. Just I fine. watch. Well, I'm, I watch my movies on an iPad. As God intended. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm so over. I only watch movies on video now. <laughs> I only watch movies on my Zoom. Excuse me. Yeah. Zoom? You mean? Uh, yeah, no, Zoom. Like the Skype the killer platform, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think I need to come in here and save us from the stupid conversation and talk about the movie Insidious: The Red Door. <laughs> and equally, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, so Insidious: The Red Door is the final chapter in the mega Insidious t- uh, movie series. Have you have you I seen have one, Insidious movies? But it's been a nope. long time since I've even seen one. No, okay. but I like Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yeah, and so this, you know, this is interesting because this Patrick Wilson actually mm-hmm. this is like his directorial debut, so he actually directed this. Wolf. Um, he kind of took it over from James Wan, who's uh, did the first Insidious and had like a really signature hallmark style of his. Um, and by all accounts, Insidious, the first one is by far the best one. It is like legitimately scary, surprising. Um, does a lot of really cool things, and it's like quirky. Um, Insidious: The Red Door is like is scary. There has like certain like definite jump scares in it that are effective and it's it, it retains the heart of like the insidious movies but it's just you know it's just it's like retread ground and it's kind of like revisiting the similar themes over and over um it's has, has like you know cool shots and cool cinematography but like i think like my wife and i both walked away from like like you know it was fine i think i gave like a two and a half stars and letterboxed um so you know not like I, that's not, nothing I would recommend, like uh, running out to go see right away. But it was it was fun, you know, fun horror movie with good moments. Um, but you know, I, th- I still think the city as a series is very good, especially those early movies, because um, it basically covers the life of um, this young couple who has a couple of a uh, couple of sons, and basically the son goes into a coma, and they figure out that like, well, he's experiencing like these um, these like basically dream walking um, into like another to the realm of the dead. And he's like basically able to communicate with like these dead um, spirits and entities, and he's kind of walked into like the lair of like a very very bad one. So Patrick Wilson basically has to figure out how to walk into that realm as well and save his son. Um, and that's basically just the movie. 
kind of the theme kind of carries on persists throughout it. But yeah, this this one was okay. Nothing nothing to write home about. But I will yeah, watch this, this before I door. watch Mulholland Drive. Oh my god, you're the worst, Kyle. No, I'll put it. I'm gonna put Mulholland Drive on my next watch list. It's going on the next <laughs> table notes list. I don't even. Well, care. guess what's going on mine? Heavyweights. Yeah, I thought fine. you were gonna say election. <laughs> Oh no! I don't want to waste the pick on that. <laughs> when you've seen six hundred movies, yeah, you can have election. You can watch election. Yeah. So, as someone who recently watched all of the screams, is Insidious a franchise that is worth my time to watch one, two, three, and the Red Door, or is it really just worth my time to revisit Insidious one and call it a day? I think you're yeah. probably good on just okay. the first one, honestly. I think I think uh, the other series I think James Wan's no for The Conjuring is probably like the more revered right. one, okay. probably a bit better. But but even then, there's like limited okay. limited That's returns. That's mostly what I was curious about. I really do want to see the first one. Um, it's kind of a I wasn't really big into horror movies, honestly. Uh, besides the Scream franchise, growing up, so like these ones, I I have a a lot of blind, horror blind spots, so I've been trying to catch up on them, uh, over the past like three or four years because it's something my wife loves. So like even the classics like Halloween and stuff I, had to, I haven't seen until like last year or two years ago. I definitely recommend the first Insidious. It's like especially if like uh, Megan likes it, like you guys have a blast. It's it's super fun. It is like legitimately oh, scary. Um, it's spots. I remember, I remember seeing it with my wife. My wife is like not affected at all, but I, I was like, oh my god, Plus this is too much. Uh, <laughs> Max and Josh, do your wives yeah. uh, sure. really like horror movies? No, not really uh danielle hates aaron it. likes thrillers um but like gone girl uh yeah yeah she she likes uh gone girl um and she we recently played through one of the um games like the video games from super massive that do like until dawn and so like the interactive horror ones and she enjoyed watching that so i think she enjoys the suspense and the mystery of horror no. to an extent but Maybe not just like a straight up gory movie. That's a Which really good point. Danielle does not like scary movies. And maybe this changed when we had kids. But I remember when when I introduced her to Until Dawn, she played that through like and got every branching path you possibly could. She loved that game. And now that you mention it, I don't know why she doesn't like scary movies. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> She did yeah, watch Hereditary with me the other day, which none of you all have seen. Uh, Kenny, are you team Insidious or team Conjuring? Both Patrick Wilson scary movies. I think I like Insidious better. I think it has a better okay. like signature style, and it's it's more like quirky. Uh, I think especially the first one. There's just there's just a, a edge of weirdness to it that like is kind of sure. unique and unexpected. Um, Conjuring is a bit more preferring plate, the Conjuring, but... but again, I have not seen Insidious since it first came out in 2010. So. 2011 so it's been quite some time but mm -hmm. I, I love The Conjuring as a series I think it's a great horror film series but yeah I th is I think Insidious both the good, one with so. Tiptoe Through the Tulips mm, yes I think yeah, so yeah. I, I remember yes. I had a friend in college who was like deathly afraid of that song because of that movie and that's the only thing yeah, I know about the movie that song got me into Tiny Tim <laughs> for a little bit Spongebob did that for me what have you been watching lately alright well I watched a, a little um obscure indie movie uh called alien i don't know if you've heard of it i watched it with you so you've probably heard of it i've heard of nemesis is it related i think it might be <laughs> uh i think it might be based on the board game nemesis actually 
Oh, okay. It was that very similar. They sense. wake up from cryo sleep. There's aliens. Um, there's all yes. sorts of things. Yes. Betrayal. Yeah, yeah, Great that board one. Great game. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I finally got around to seeing Alien, and it was just incredible. I absolutely loved it. Um, it looks so good, like visually it's for the stunning. year that it came out. The set design is amazing. The score was so tense and um, the directing was there. There was a scene. I think it's the first time that they are looking for the face hugger that came off and they're looking around the room and the camera is just like shaking slightly and it mm-hmm. just adds that tension. And then there's the one scene, I think, where the chest burster happens and there's like the heartbeat in the background and just the atmosphere of it was yeah, incredible and the climax was visually stunning and just five star movie 10 out of 10 absolutely amazing yeah it was it was great i've seen it probably three times in the past two or three months because i watched it for the first time in a long time i bought the 4k i watched the 4k and then you came over last night and we watched it again and it's like dude that it's it's just really good it yeah. holds up really well like yeah, it does. I'm trying to I want to have well I want to have like a conversation on the show at some point in time where we rank the entire Scream franchise, right? But I also think it's important I want to have a conversation where we rank the entire what I'm going to call 80s. I know Alien came out in 79, but like 80s-ish horror films. I'm talking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm talking Scream, I'm talking The Thing, I'm talking Alien. Like I think we should sit down and discuss all of those as a whole because what an era of horror movies that was right. like well when are we cutting this off um because scream was like 96 yeah you're right scream was 96 you've got the thing 82 and alien was 77 and texas chainsaw massacre was 86 maybe i'm trying to remember um no 74 what we should do texas chainsaw massacre what we should do is draft horror movies and you have to take one from each decade oh let's do it let's do it okay that's great but yeah alien superb movie it's the the 4k transfer is just so freaking good too it is beautiful but what do you all think about alien i think it is like such a i don't know it's just it's like kind of like the perfect sci-fi horror movie i think it's just like it's the movie i compare everything else to so it's just so so well done i think like there's diminishing returns with the aliens and aliens 3 especially but it's still just a super good movie and I, I think it just creates like such a good feeling a place and just creating that like never ending tension that you like want to see like in a yeah horror totally. sci-fi movie i 100 percent agree i really enjoy alien um this is a movie i also uh i watched this um during covid when everybody was working from home and this one really distracted me from doing work like i i think i watched the whole thing through while i was uh <laughs> I, I didn't do anything yeah. while it was going on um and i i also loved it i was like very skeptical about a movie that was like from 79 that's supposed to be like horror and very um where like the graphics matter uh and yeah the practical effects were incredible i loved it so much uh still need to see aliens yeah i haven't seen aliens either i think like i think alien is so smart it's almost like jaws in a bit like where like the practical effects are very very good but they're also just restrained with it like you don't see a ton of like aliens you don't see a lot of a, a ton of like these like just crazy scenes there's just like a lot of it's just kind of like the inner dialogue between uh, the crew or just shots of the ship itself right so i think like the restraint like they shoot they showed when they were shooting it really helps make it like feel like classic and timeless 
Yeah, and we 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 talked a lot about like Star Wars when we talked about that about how that film looks incredible for when it came out. Um, and of course, the same can be said even more so for 2001: A Space Odyssey. But uh, Alien came out two years after Star Wars, and so it's in that same conversation with a movie that just looks really freaking good for when it came out. Of course, it and Star Wars are totally different beasts. I mean, they're they're sci-fi, but one is a much broader scope than the other but yeah i think it just deserves to be in conversation for a movie that holds up so incredibly well i I was really really in love with it again they don't have like the cg special effects but like the practical effects in some ways like in the ship are in that same like genre or visually similar Mm -hmm. um and literally the title screen started with that like hallway and you were like (laughs) that's a star wars ship that's a star wars uh, ship (laughs) like the ship of it flying through the air is very like death star-esque um as well um but yeah i just think visually the the set for inside the ship the entire time i was just like this is incredible like i would love to walk around the inside of that to see what it looks like from that angle you know yeah 100 percent I'm still not 100% sure where I would weigh it against The Thing. Um, I was going to ask that. I think initially my thought was The Thing, but talking about it right now with just how excited I am, like thinking about it again, I think as of right now, I would say Alien, but ask me again tomorrow and it could flip-flop right back. They're very close. Those All all of those movies I mentioned earlier are are so hard to to weigh, in my opinion. I, I think I have The Thing ahead, but... I've only seen the thing one time, whereas I've seen Alien three times now. So, like, I need to go back to the thing and give it a, another another watch to see where it stands. But yeah, great movies. I think you don't need to choose. You know, you can have both in your heart and love them. Sure, so. and we do though. But it's yeah. still fun to talk about. You, like, if you rankings can't, are arbitrary and reductive. If you can't have fun ranking and talking about what's better, then you probably shouldn't even be on this podcast, Kenny. Uh, well, <laughs> Wow, Kenny's not there or not here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one of the greatest parts is, uh, I mean, we've already spoiled some things, but uh, as soon as they shot the dead body off into space, Jash just said, there's one intruder remaining. (laughs) Like, (laughs) which is absolutely from among us. And I I died laughing. It was was a great time. I'm funny sometimes. Every once in a while. Yeah. I picked a handful of movies. This is what I normally do, right? I wasn't even going to talk about these, but it deserves talking about. I picked a handful. Normally, I pick like three, four, or five, whatever I watch that week, and I'll decide an hour before the pod which one I want to talk about, and then I'll, I'll cut that. But I found out that no one here has seen any of them except for Tenet, which I might talk about, especially because you've seen it. But I watched Tenet and Persona, which makes sense. I get it. I get that no one's seen Persona. It's an Ing- Ingmar Bergman film from like the 40s or 60s. I can't even remember. I That doesn't surprise me. Great movie. I have though. Persona 5 on Switch. Oh, great. <laughs> but, uh, Max, can I, side- yeah. can I sidebar oh, you real please. quick? Please sidebar me, Kyle. <laughs> have you heard of Bergman Island? No. It's a movie about uh, two filmmakers who go to where uh, Bergman lived to get influences from all of his movies really? um, to write a new one. I think you would really like it. Really? Okay. All yeah. right. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I This is the first Ingmar Bergman film I've seen, uh, and it's interesting. I watched it shortly after watching Mulholland Drive, and they share a lot of similarities. Uh, it was very interesting. So I'm not surprised you didn't see that. But then Hereditary? None of you have seen Hereditary yet? Not a big horror guy. I, that surprises me. Like It's one of my favorite horror films. It's 
You haven't put it on the list. It's really good. Yeah, do put it on the it's, list. We'll watch it next time. But Danielle and I just watched it. <laughs> That's on you. Don't have two lists. I know. I have two movie clubs going at the same time. I remember for Hereditary, my wife came home from the theater and just like told me the entire plot. I'm like, well, how oh my see movie now, so. <laughs> See, yeah. Danielle will like look up the entire plot. I'm like, hey, you want to watch this movie? She's like, sure. Five minutes in, she's on her phone. Ten minutes in, I look over and I was like, were you just Wikipediaing the entire plot? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I know what happens. Megan does that stuff too. Oh, she's like, what heck? is this about? Like, watch the movie and you'll find out what I it's know. about. I know. <laughs> I think I understand that though. I think that can help with like anxiety. It can. I, I absolutely like, think yeah. that's exactly why yeah. she does it is anxiety. And I it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. I just think it's funny. I, I poke oh, and prod well, yeah, out of for it. Of course it, but, not. Um she literally just ran down the stairs and scared me. What are you what what are you doing? <laughs> What's not true? Did you know you weren't gonna like hereditary? Is that why you looked it up? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining the podcast, Daniel. <laughs> Does she want Kenny's spot? You want Kenny's spot? He doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, Danielle wants to make a comment real quick. Is this is this uh, uh, recorded on the air or yeah, off yeah, the, off the get on air, get her down to the microphone. Okay, what's your what's your comment here? I mean, I've edited like ninety percent of them, so probably me. Did you all hear that at all? No. no. She said, I feel bad for whoever has to make your voice level and Kenny's voice level the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. Max is the problem and also fixes the problem. I'm the problem <laughs> and the solution. <laughs> and then the last movie that I was surprised you all haven't seen, especially you, Kenny and Kai, I feel like, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is just another like classic horror flick that I assumed you all had seen by now. Remember when I said I'm still catching up on all the No, I know, but that was watch. my surprise was before you said that. Yeah. Okay, I got you. There is so many of them. I think I've seen one of them. I think I saw the 2003 version. Oh, um, no, you, the original's the only one yeah. you need to see is the original. Didn't Rob Zombie remake this? I don't know. I think yeah. Well, I think it's a, yeah, there's so many. Let's uh since I've briefly talked about them all, let's talk about Tenet. Uh I do think everyone should watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In my opinion, it doesn't quite reach the heights of something like scream alien the thing but i thought it was really good it's very like homegrown and grimy it makes it feel very real but tenet is a christopher nolan film one of his biggest flops in my opinion uh one of his most convoluted and uh i still i still loved it i still really liked it uh this is a action film that has a lot to do with like timey-wimey stuff which christopher nolan likes to dive into um very confusing but pretty just freaking cool like i watched and i was like do i get everything that happened nah was that really cool yeah like it's just kind of it's kind of vibes at that point like not yeah, not, it's all it sounds like it's all vibes it's not full vibes because they do a lot of exposition and there is a story there like that's there true really there's a is, lot of I, dialogue uh and if you yeah. watched this in theaters in 2020 you didn't understand a word of it yeah <laughs> but uh I, watching it at home uh, 4k transfer with subtitles on was very helpful and i really enjoyed it i actually before the podcast i sat down and watched the first 30 minutes again uh big fan a lot of people say that it's christopher nolan doing christopher nolan things meaning it has no emotion uh and i agree with that to an extent that tenet doesn't have a lot of emotion uh, in fact the and main he loves exposition yeah yeah <laughs> he he loves to tell not show it's That's true for it's sure true. but this is one that it, it's it's almost easier to understand from being shown which he does okay 
But uh, yeah, like the main character doesn't have a name. The main character's name is the protagonist. The protagonist. And you don't learn anything about the main <laughs> character throughout the course of the film. Uh, but I can tell you what, I don't know if I've seen a man hotter than Robert Pattinson in Tenet, unless I'm comparing it to like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, because they are just fine specimens of men. And like, yeah, we don't objectify people here. Look, Max. Robert Pattinson is gorgeous. Yeah, that is rude. Like, good on Robert him. Pattinson. He is a gorgeous man. Um, <laughs> I also saw a lot of discourse around. Uh, now I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but around the main the main character's acting, um, which is John David Washington, and I thought he was pretty good. Uh, he's like his character does not have emotion. Like I'll readily admit that. But you know how when we talked about Baby Driver, we talked about how Baby is like very emotionless, but has so much swagger. Like John David Washington's yeah. protagonist is that even more, in my opinion. Like Tenet does it it subverts expectations. John David Washington is short, or he's five nine. And he is like this the the he's like the hero of this movie. And his love interest in this movie has gotta be like six four. Like she is towering over him. And he is this kind of like emotionless guy, but he has so much swagger, and he's just beating people up. And like swooning everybody, and it's like he does it all very kind of just stoic and quiet and straight faced. So I think people read that as like bad acting and emotionless, but like to me, it worked. For me, I was like, that dude's cool. Like, he's, <laughs> he knows what's up. Like, he's so cool. He's like Chris Pratt from Mario Brothers. <laughs> but so cool. I don't know. I just thought that I thought Tenet was great. Um, it was confusing, but cool and. In it, probably one of my favorite 4K transfers I have. It is just stunningly beautiful. Uh, it is is really good. I I really liked it. I know it's considered his worst film, um, but I can't get behind that. I mean, I don't know that he has a lot of bangers, but Tenet was really good and kind of one of those movies that since other people like, I almost like more. Like you like rooting for the underdog. It's like Babylon in an extent. Like. People hate Babylon. Check. I freaking love Babylon. It's like it gives me like a sense of responsibility to tell this people is Max about admitting it. Admitting that he likes movies actively because people don't like them. No, no, no. I'm saying it gives me a responsibility to like show it to other people more because otherwise you may not think to watch it because you've heard it's bad. It's been critically panned. You don't have to defend Nolan. He's not a small indie filmmaker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know <but> Please <laughs> give Nolan his. I'm defending for John once. David Washington here. Okay, listen. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Tenet's great. Fight me. I don't care. I think Mackie hated it, but that's okay. Uh, your biggest fan, Chris, um, also loves Tenet quite a bit. Oh, nice, Chris. Let's go. My boy, Chris. We we go back. We go back. <laughs> the, uh, the set yeah. pieces are really good. Like, the action. I, I do. Like, oh, it's, dude. It's really neat yeah, how like, it does it. It's clearly filmed on location in many places, and it's just like, oh, my God. That is beautiful like just looking at everywhere he goes in this movie like uh it's definitely an entertaining movie yeah i'm a big fan i i recommend it i don't think it deserves is it is it long yes uh i'm gonna say it's like two hours i could be wrong so it's 11 p.m i probably shouldn't watch this tonight no it's two and a half hours so no you shouldn't watch it tonight but you should watch it should i watch election again no you should watch tenet friday (laughs) night after we're done playing games me and you can watch tenet at my house we're not uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably down for yeah. that. Yeah. We don't, we can sleep in. We only have to be at Oppenheimer at 1040 in the morning. So we can sleep in till like nine 30. 
be fine. I don't sleep. Me neither. We're waking you're up wake at up seven. And then immediately and get playing... in the car to go to the theater. Heck yeah, dude. No, we're gonna play TI four. Oh my man. All right, that's enough about the games we've been playing and the movies we've been watching. It's an hour into this podcast. Oh Let's God. talk about the featured topic. We sent out a Q&A to our Discord. We had some people sent, submit questions, which we were going to answer. This is kind of just going to be like a roundtable. This is not going to be super formulaic. I am going to ask the question, and then we're all just going to discuss it. I may like start like a, like a four-minute timer or something per question. That way, we each get like one minute per question, because otherwise, this could just this could run forever. I and agree. I'll have to moderate you all, myself included, which is probably the hardest thing to do. Um, we all know Kenny's the moderator. Well, uh, Kenny can start a <laughs> timer. Kenny, you want to be the moderator uh, or do you want me to be the moderator? Say move on. Yeah, I'll do the post in notes. Okay, Kenny's going to moderate. Can we do four minute? Can we do four minutes increments, Kenny? Uh, I'm just going to do I'm not going to time it. I'm just going to follow my You're heart. You're going to do it off so. vibes. Okay, well, that's. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Just pin it all over again. I like this. All right, system. our first question comes from Discord friend Ted. Ted said, "What is your longest board game session ever, and what memory, both positive or negative, of that play is seared in your mind?" And I think we could have taken this two ways: being a single gameplay that took forever, or like a session of multiple games that took forever. Um, I think initially, at least, three of us answered Twilight Imperium. Is that true, Kyle? Yeah, I would I would actually love to go first here. Please. Um I played a 14 point game of Twilight Imperium 4. Oh my gosh. Much to my dismay. Like I did not want to do this. Um but my friend was all about it. Uh and I ha- have you ever wanted to die? <laughs> um Because around hour 15 oh. I wa- I wanted to die. Hour 15? <laughs> I think it went 16 hours total. Bro. Um, now I have one positive ex- one positive memory from this. I won the game. I was gonna uh, say I have a lot ended. of neg- <laughs> I I have a lot of negative memories in that one I wanted to die and I've never felt that. You know <laughs> this is gonna be long. Kenny's gonna cut me off. You know that I think you should leave skit where he's like engulfed in this like clay suit and he's like, I don't wanna live anymore. He's like, because you're wearing this suit. That was you because you're playing know. TI4. <laughs> I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was so exhausted. It felt like I did six hours of a workout. I, w- I was so drained. I wanted to sleep and I had a massive headache by the end of it. Um, and I will never play 14 point TI4 yeah, ever again. That despite cool. me winning, it was it, brutal. Why did it take so long? So you went to 14 points, you said? Yeah. yeah. You can like flip it so over four and more play points. 14, yeah. Jeez. It's like one point, and that changes uh, everything. Yeah. My my longest game experience is by comparison is nothing, and that's for like single game is probably a game of rebellion. I probably went to like five hours, which isn't that bad. Uh, it's like my one of my first plays, um, and I think it just I I was just ready, but by the time we hit that five hour mark, it was like probably two o'clock in the morning, oh. and I knew I was gonna lose, and it was just like a bunch of dice rolls did have to happen to like formalize it. I'm just like. I don't care anymore. Just, and you're just like please. rooting for them to come up to kill yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, still love rebellion, but just when, when you're like in that spot, it's just like, I wish there was just like a surrender card you could throw down. Yeah. So my longest single play was probably TI4, but that was Same. only a five hour experience. It was both with Josh and I, we've only played TI4 one time. It was Josh, uh, Warren, Doolin, myself and Henry. And we, it was like six hours, including a lunch. Like we kind of yeah, we did well. I was very impressed. Well. Yeah, with the teach, 
with a lunch break. It was like six hours total. I was really happy with that. But um, I remember losing to Josh on initiative in that game. But that's not what I picked. Uh, my longest like session was when we played board games at a cabin uh, with Jeff, Jamie, Emily, Doolin, Danielle, and I. Um, and we just played games kind of all day. Like we took breaks for like eating and we walked around outside and went hiking or whatever. But uh, the, funnily enough, my strongest memory from that experience has nothing to do with games. It is that the twigs that we found to try and start a campfire were too wet. Um, so we couldn't really start a campfire. And so we couldn't really make s'mores or eat hot dogs. And that is my, that is my experience of that camping trip. But it was a great time. I'd do it all over again. With dry sticks. With dry sticks. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Friday because I think we're going to have oh, yeah. a pretty long gaming day yeah. too. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm ready from like 1230 to 1230. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm down. I'm free for a, a little bit. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Um, What's your answer? For this question, does D&D count? Yes. Because the first time I played D&D was a a weekend in college where it was basically the only thing we did for that entire weekend. We played uh, 3.5 edition. The DM, we definitely weren't playing by the rules, but I didn't know because it was my first time playing and I was just along for the ride. Um, we got to have cool role playing moments. Doolin got his arms, uh, his character's arm chopped off because uh, he thought he had more political sway than he did. Um, and at the end, we all got GPK'd because I'm pretty sure the DM was tired of playing. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like D and D. Yep, but it got me hooked, and I've loved D and D ever since. All right, Mackie submitted a question. As a bad movie connoisseur, check out the Bad Movie Friends podcast, including our friend Mackie over there, who doesn't like the term guilty pleasure. I'd like to know the movies that you know are bad, but you still enjoy them anyways. I Can I start this one briefly? Because I only have one answer, and it's kind of the easy answer. And that is The Room, which is like oh, nice. obviously uh... a terrible movie. A terrible, terrible movie, but like, but you don't like it. I, it's, I kind of do. I like how bad it is. What did you rate it on oh, Letterboxd? It's a half star because it's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a terrible exactly. movie. But that's not to say that it's not like fun. It is objectively it's fun to meme about a awful movie, worst movie I've ever seen. Objectively terrible for sure. Would but you like, have a better time just watching a compilation of moments on YouTube? Yeah, maybe or like the edits with the Star Wars edits. Those are hilarious. I like the Star Wars edits. Well, for my for my non easy answer, um, I'm going to pick the Disney Channel original movie, The Descendants, including The Descendants 2 and The Descendants 3, um, which are also objectively bad movies. Uh, Danielle might fight me over that. She's shaking her head no right now. But. There's something exciting about watching your kids really enjoy something. And on one hand, I'm like, why? Why Descendants? Why can't we go back to Encanto or Moana or something like that? But on the other hand, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, uh, I'm rotten to the core. It's like stuck in my head. Like the stupid music from these are stuck in my head like every morning. And whether that's because I'm enjoying them more than I want to admit or whether that's because they're on repeat all day long at this house, 
is another story. You got Stockholm Syndrome. I might. I might. That's, that's what it is, 100%. I might. But I unfortunately have to admit, I like them a little bit. They're really bad, but I like them a little bit. They did butcher Be Our Guest, like a terrible song. Okay, I'm talking too much, says Kenny. Moving on. Uh, so my, so I have a soft spot in my heart for bad fantasy movies. And I think like the the best worst example of this is the 2000 uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, this stars like Jeremy Irons and I think the, one of the Wayans brothers. It is very, very what bad. What is this? Uh, what was that movie? Dungeons and Dragons from 2000. Yeah. And so there's, there's a Wayans just, brother in it? Uh-huh. I think, I think Marlon Wayans. And Jeremy uh, Irons from like Kyle's the, favorite movie. <laughs> it is it is objectively bad but it's just like it's just it just leans into it so hard that i'm just like i love it uh and i don't know it just it's still like it's it's bad but it still like awakens like a sense of like uh wonder and like you know amazement in me uh, i don't know it's yeah it, it does it for me i can't say why that's mine i i don't i think it's worth watching it's uh, I, I probably not as good as the the most recent Dungeons and Dragons movie. But I, I would guess, guess not, I really, I really like, like that movie. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kyle. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to hit up uh, our Marvel check mark nice. and uh, talk about a Marvel movie real quick. Um, and it's probably one that's uh, panned by a lot of people, uh, and that's Age of Ultron. Uh, I think it gets a lot of hate from Jash. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it is warranted. It has so many flaws. A lot of the flaws have been retconned by future projects from Marvel, which I think have made it better for me. Um, but yeah, the writing is rough. There were some very cliche bad jokes in there. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just, I just love Avengers. I just love when they're together. Um, and it's fun watching. They have some really cool fight scenes in there. Um, I think there are some decent jokes and I think it gets a bad rap. Uh, I think compared to other Avenger movies, it is probably the worst, but I still enjoy it. So, I think there are much worse Marvel movies you could pick from than Age of Ultron. Uh, there are, but I don't enjoy them. So, like, uh, I don't okay. like the Eternals. So. I just feel yeah, like okay. Age of Ultron is the most like stuff just happens Marvel movie. Like when Thor's like, I have to go on a side quest to take a bath to discover the Infinity Stones because we have to know what these are. Well. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that there's a lot of stuff that's not great about it, which is why I picked it here. What about you, Josh? Ah, uh, well, you know, it's Maw Cop, baby! Oh my Bob god. is <laughs> not a good movie, but I just, I love it for some reason. I, I rewatched it. You've been trying it. to get us to watch this movie for years. I have. I rewatched it last year, and I think to an extent... The people making the movie knows that it's not good. There's a part where he's like riding a Segway with his love interest and he has just like the straightest face. Like it's like a really cool moment. And I'm like, there is definitely a layer of irony here. And I don't know. Like it's bad, but I also just kind of love it. And I can't explain why. Who's going to give it the highest star rating out of us, uh, us three, when we ultimately do watch Paul Blart Mall Cop? It's not going to be Max. And what will that start? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Why not? Max can't have fun. Max can't have fun watching movies. Oh He's got to. That's true. He hates movies and board <laughs> games. It has. It has to emotionally move him, or he's not going to. Yeah. I just said yeah. Tenet was emotionless. 
Does Paul Blart die at the end? Because then maybe. There's a sequel. Oh, God. <laughs> so no. There's a sequel. <laughs> Was it his son? Paul Blart Jr. Oh my gosh. Takes so over? I have never seen Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> but I do know in the first five minutes of Mall Cop 2, the love interest from the first movie divorces him and then his mom dies. Oh, that's all oh, got Max written all over it. That's she true. loves it. Maybe Mulcahy is for Max. <laughs> <laughs> Too much ball blood. <laughs> My honorable mention here is Master of Disguise. I also love that movie. Turtle, turtle. All right. Our next question was submitted by Amin P. What's your least favorite movie and game genre? And what's your favorite movie and game from that genre? Uh, you don't have to answer both of these if you don't have them both prepared, but uh, what is your fa- least favorite movie genre, least favorite game genre, and then your favorites from that genre? Uh, I'm going to make Max real mad. Uh, my least favorite movie genre is probably musicals. Mm. Just don't care. Mm. Um, but call. I do do like West Side Story quite a bit. Uh, I'm talking about the original one. Um, still, I, don't, I, I remember watching it in like a... In school, and it's like, oh, this is this is magical. I love it. Um, so, and, and my musical is magical. Yeah, but I don't care. Um, yeah, why are they singing? Do you so like much? Disney musicals? Oh yeah, so I think so. That I know most Disney musicals, most Disney animated films are musicals. But you know, I, there's a disconnect there that it works. It's fine. But when I watch like real life people doing it, I'm like, you're being silly. Let's stop. I think Kenny's um, right here. Kenny's right. No, no. <laughs> Kenny is. This is an objectively bad take. Musicals they're are different. excellent, but they're the animated ones are. different. I'm not than saying the they're not different, ones. though. I kind of disagree because it, I don't really understand how there's that much difference in it. But hey, let me let me take my bad take. It's fine. I'll, I'll own it. Um, and for my f- least favorite game genre, this is also probably Riot Max. I don't really like. Probably party games. I still like party games, but party games probably be the lowest on my, um, on my preference. But I think my favorite is uh, monikers. So everyone likes that, right? You know, Blood and Clock Tower is considered a party game by BGG's takes. That's silly. I also think it's kind of silly. I put that my least favorite game or movie genre is probably just like pure action, like. Something like Tenet is like a little little sci-fi, right? But if like something's pure action, you mean like Roadhouse. Yeah, but like that's kind of I don't know. It's unique. You know, it's this was a tough one for me to answer. It was that or or westerns. Uh, and my my answers for that were RRR and Tenet, which are both not entirely pure action, but they're very action heavy. Or my answer for westerns is Three Ten to Yuma, which I didn't love, but I thought was pretty good. Mm. Um, That's a good movie. And then for game, it's deck construction. I hate deck construction games. I just abhor it. I am not that kind of smart. I do not have that kind of time. I will net deck anything I can because it saves me time and stupidity. Uh, But my favorite would be Marvel Champions because they have pre-made decks and you can net deck it. And it's about playing it more than it is about tinkering with your deck. Normally, I like playing with my deck. But when it comes to deck construction, <laughs> it's a real problem for me. I heard debt construction, like D-E-B-T, and I was like, what in the world is a debt Monopoly. construction game? Where have I been? Brass is kind of debt construction. Yeah, actually. Good point. What's your answer? Me? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to punch Doolin in the gut here. 
uh, because my least favorite movie genre is rom-com and my least favorite game genre is storytelling games. He's crying right now. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite rom-com is the breakup starring Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen you big it. Vince it Vaughn is, guy, Kyle. Uh, I love Vince that. Vaughn. You look like a big Vince Vaughn guy, Kyle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's one of my favorite comedic, comedic actors. He's great. Um, and he's great in the breakup too. I think that's one of the reasons that sticks with me. Um, and my favorite narrative based game, which I've talked about many times on the podcast is journeys in middle earth. Um, I also enjoyed uh, sleeping gods quite a bit, but it got kind of dull near the end, but for the first like 80% of it, it was a good time. Too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Joshua. So I am similar vein in the rom-coms. Um, but also I, this is going to rile Kyle's feathers. But I don't really care about sports movies. Um, but that's because I don't really care about <gasps> sports. No. So <laughs> you don't but, like sports? Josh. Yeah, I know. Big We're shocker. watching sports all day oh Saturday. <laughs> it can be on the background. I mean, I don't care what you do with your time. Um, Kyle's literally gonna pull sports up on his phone during Oppenheimer and just shove it in your face. He's like, look, <laughs> sports, just generic sport. <laughs> Um, be like Gatorade commercials or something. Right. Oh, why are they sweating yellow? Why are they sweating yellow? Um, but I, I do like um, Remember the Titans is a really good movie, and I've always been a big fan yeah, of uh, yeah. Angels in the Outfield as well. Have you seen Moneyball? <laughs> I've not. I feel like you'd actually I would probably be, like Moneyball. I, I am 50-50 on if you would like Moneyball or not. I feel like you would. I mean... I, it's not really about sports. Right, and that's why right, I've never heard of that sport work. before. Moneyball. Is that like... Uh... <laughs> All right, and then Float On, <laughs> otherwise known as Seth from our Discord, submitted, which other hosts' game and movie tastes most closely align to your own? This is my favorite question. Yeah, here's my question. Are we picking a single host that aligns with our game and movie tastes more than anyone else? Are we picking a host that aligns with our games more than anybody else and a host that aligns with our movies, even if they're the same? Let's do both. Okay. I think Kenny aligns, aligns with me most when it comes to gaming, board gaming. You don't think so, Kyle? He just says he doesn't like party games. Yeah, but he also said he loves monikers. You like too much tower. beige stuff. You're far. That's a that's such a misconception. Okay, Kyle, you're one to talk. Kettle, we're over <laughs> here. The whole this whole podcast is misconceptions. <laughs> this is, our entire friendship is built upon the foundation of misconceptions and gaslighting. <laughs> that is that is that is what this is. <laughs> I want to well, get off the ride. Description of our friendship. <laughs> but I mean, think about we it. We should be nicer to each other. So, Kenny, Blood on the Clock Tower is in your <laughs> top five, right? Dune Imperium's in your top five, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. I don't know yeah. where else we converge next. Like Spirit Island? You don't, you've not played Spirit Island enough. I'm not sure where else. No. Where's our next convergence after Blood on the Clock Tower? And Okay, so I think like our top, top ten, like there's not as much convergence. But I think like last year when we did our top ten of 2022. We were so same like, Oh, yeah. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Our yeah. top ten of 2022 so, was the same. Yes, Kyle. But I think I actually think that like games wise, like I'm, I probably in terms of top ten, I'm probably more aligned with Kyle. Wow! So I pick so you, like, but you won't pick me. This is high school all over yeah. again. <laughs> I also yeah. pick Kenny aligns yeah. with me. On Are you games, kidding me? I, He's your best friend, you but you're not I, his best friend. 
Kenny likes Euros. You just won't let him play them. I like Euros too, <laughs> Kyle. I liked Brass Lancashire when we all three played together. I didn't realize I was third wheeling it at that event. <laughs> I thought we were all having a good time. <laughs> we saw you just think like, oh my god, I could be playing I code like names Brass, right now. Kyle. <laughs> they were I holding hands under the something. table, Max. Oh man. <laughs> Did, you, you, look so, you look so pained there, Max. Like you, I can see like the <laughs> the anguish on your face. <laughs> I'm heartbroken right now. Like I feel like I'm watching Banshees of Inishirin all over again. This is just brutal. <laughs> I just don't like you I no just more. don't like you no more. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening right now. I thought I was nice. I think games like like I think like Max and Kyle are kind of equal, which means that Josh is the one that should feel. Josh is the one that. Oh, don't worry. I, here, so. I was already aware. I knew I didn't have a dog in this fight. <laughs> Who do you think you align with most, Josh? Uh, probably Doolin. But I just He's said not I'm not here. In the... But it's, I didn't realize it was He's just people present no, at the time. No, you're actually right. You're, you're. I didn't even think of doing that. Wow! Wow! And now he's the most hardworking yeah, out of everybody. At least he I got has Bono. been. He has been gone for three of the past four weeks. I don't even know where he goes. He's just gone. There's also no way he listens to I, this. No, There's no he's, way. He's probably not even listening to the past three. I don't even. I don't even know if I have his phone number anymore. I'm not sure where he lives. It's all different now. Life is different. I do want to tell this story while Doolin isn't here to defend himself. But right now, Doolin uh, is with students at a camp that has had to up their security because he had me and Warren come there for an event and didn't tell us where to go, and his phone was dead. So we were wandering around this camp, and people thought we were two invaders, but we were just looking for our friend who wouldn't talk to us. I mean, that's me every day of my life with Doolin. I'm constantly looking for my friend who won't talk to me. All day I'll long. I'll talk to you, Max. I'm always there for you, Max. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate that, Kyle, <laughs> except for when you chose Kenny. But about movies, who do we think we most align with movie-wise? I, okay, so I think Kyle and I, since we are of a similar this age, also I, I, very I much. Also, I also <laughs> said Kenny. <laughs> Remember when you I'm asked earlier remember. if you ever just wanted to die, Kyle? The answer was no. <laughs> but now, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Uh, that's funny. But I feel like Kyle and I probably were raised in like 90s movies. Like, yeah. like those 90s kids movies are like core to my being. Um, like oh, this, I mean, sure. some heavyweights. Like, get out of here! Come here, you devil log. <laughs> Are you a big Waterworld guy? No. Okay, that's fine. No. So you all picked each other. Yes. Wow, get a yeah. freaking room, Josh. What about you? <laughs> Gotta go with Doolin. Oh my god. <laughs> Stand this, Flo. Why did you have to put like a popularity contest in here? I'm clearly losing. <laughs> Max, no one picked me. You don't see me. Complain. I haven't answered yet, Josh. <laughs> Max's delivery of I can't. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> 
to be fair, Max, you've only started watching movies like the past two weeks, so I've been it's, it's I have watched 118 <laughs> movies this year. I watched Yeah, see, so it can't be me. Movies. I'm not a movie glutton. Yeah. I watch a reasonable amount of movies. It's tastes, Jesh. <laughs> it's not quantity. <laughs> have we ever heard of any of your movies that you've watched? They were this Tenet, was in the top five. Hereditary, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. These are not obscure indie films. <laughs> These are very popular movies. What do you mean? Oh, this was ranked 50th on the Criterion Challenge, so it's now my favorite movie. Look, I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't have the sight and sound top 100 films pulled up at some point in the last week, but that has nothing to do with that. I don't even know who to pick as my answer, because you all all seem to diverge from my tastes. I don't think I align with any of you. I'm gonna, yourself, you all can you know? all play kickball. I'm going to go sit on the bench over there and just cry into my lunchbox. Josh doesn't like sports. It's true. I probably won't play kickball either. You'd still be picked before me. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, oh, dang it. I got picked. And you'd be like, why is nobody picking me? <laughs> Somebody call up Dolan and let's ask him what he would choose. He won't answer his phone. That's <laughs> true. It's probably dead in the middle of a lake. Not him, just his phone. Oh my gosh. All right, Danielle submitted the question. What is your favorite game to play with your family, wives, children, or otherwise? I picked the obvious, which is Azul. Uh, oh, yeah, same. Azul is the game that, it's maybe not my like top choice as to what I want to play, um, but Azul is a game that our, my family got addicted to. Uh, parents, everything, for quite some time where we played it. Two or three times every time we met up, it was just so much fun. Then I had like a second or third kid. I can't remember the timeline's foggy. And since then, we I don't think we've played Azul a single time. But that is still like when I think of a family game, it is Azul, at least in modern times, you know, when it when it was maybe Clue or the game of life or something. Now I think of Azul. Um, for me, it's Azul or Santorini with Megan. Um, for the same reason, it's those are both games we can play out on our back. She also is a big fan nice of uh, what's the other one? She's a big fan of. Uh, she she loves Splendor. Splendor I'm just not a big I'm just not a big yeah, fan yeah. of it, so I never choose it. Um, I like playing Calico with Bree, um, who is uh, my six year old. Uh, we don't we play a very basic version, like we don't play with any of the gold tiles. It's just like get buttons and get cats, and she loves that. Um, and with my dad, he really likes um, Ticket to Ride, so I enjoy playing that with him. Nice. Uh, so with my wife, we she tends to like co-ops. She doesn't really like competitive games that much. So we'll tend to lean towards those kind of games. And then with my daughter, she's five. Uh, I think like her, I think her favorite game is right now is like Magic Mountain. Um, oh, yeah. Which, yeah, I think. I'm she, glad it's that, a hit. Yeah, she loves it. But we've been playing that a lot. But also, I think like kind of like the Hoppa level games like Dragomino is a big one. And then uh, Super Rhino. Uh, battle which is we just got is a lot of fun she likes that too so i think drag Omino is like a great great family game it is. and it does not get the yeah. love that like super rhino hero battle or animal the animal fun animal get like it is awesome well, it's because those For 20 bucks those games like, create like moments of hilarity when <laughs> it all comes crashing down and everybody's um, laughing yeah that's whereas drag yeah. is a much more like game game and so it's like mm-hmm. really good, but like it's not like everybody's gonna be sitting around a table laughing and you're noticing what people are yeah. playing. So I uh I have my answer written under this question as LOL, my family doesn't take interest in my hobbies. 
Um, my favorite game to play with my family would probably be Phase Ten because it's the only game they play. So I was by hoping default, you'd say hide and seek. It's, uh, <laughs> and they never find me. <laughs> uh, but with Erin, uh, she likes um, co-op games and um, puzzly games. So like we've played through the initiative. We've played through, I think, half the scenarios in Decorum. So um, she doesn't like, at least not like one-on-one, I wouldn't want to play um like two player games competitive with mm-hmm. her but the co-op ones and the like ones where it ramps over time like over sessions uh we enjoy playing together nice kyle submitted the question what is your go-to movie snack oh this guy kyle's your question why don't you answer first um i you gotta have popcorn yeah, dude. um but i like mixing uh peanut m&ms in the popcorn yeah um, and then, uh, for a drink, I, a lot of movie theaters serve beer now, which, uh, would be my beverage of choice, but if not, like, I just like water. I don't really drink soda or anything, mm-hmm. but yeah, popcorn with peanut M&M's. It's funny. I don't drink much it. soda, but when I go to the movie theater, I get, I get a lemonade if I can. I don't know why. The massive ones? Yeah, I get it. I get the largest lemonade I can and like popcorn and lemonade is now like a staple for movie theaters for me. I don't know why. I'm with you. Putting, putting M&M's in your popcorn is delicious. Um, and I'm a big fan of gummies. I love gummies, but I have terrible teeth. The last time I ate a Starburst, <laughs> I lost a crown. So, like, I don't do gummies Jeez. that much anymore, despite me really enjoying them. But th- those would be on my short list. I freaking love gummies. Give me Sour Patch Kids. Oh, big fan. Oh, yeah. Straight up, just Diet Coke and popcorn is usually what I'm going for. Um, my wife usually gets Bunch of Crunch. So uh, I will- yes. Uh, share liberally so those are also probably yeah, top but those are my go-tos sure. yeah popcorn and and occasionally the uh the bunch of crunch definitely and then yeah uh since being back i've gotten really into uh into ices i'm a big frozen coke guy and i think oh, almost nice. every time i've been to the movie since i've been back i've been like give me Stunning. one of those big frozen cokes those hit different they, they're there's yeah i love frozen frozen cokes you know Kyle, you would know this better than me. Do movie theaters serve like I know they serve beer, but can I get like a margarita at a movie theater? Um, some I don't know about a margarita, but they do serve like mixed drinks. Mm. They usually have well, like I want a, a margarita uh, in particular. They usually have like a, a drink based on like whatever popular movie okay. is out. So like I bet there's like a cool Barbie yeah, drink. Max, Dude, you gotta get, I'm Max, getting you gotta a Barbie get drink. Hard liquor for Oppenheimer and then a margarita yes. for Barbie. Yes, absolutely. Some kind of fancy cocktail. I'm in. I'm in. All right, my submitted question. Uh, with some of Hollywood's greatest moving movie stars aging out, like Harrison Ford, and to a lesser extent, Tom Cruise, what actors do you think have the star power and the acting chops to step in and fill their void as a sole face behind a huge franchise? So, of course, this is referring to Harrison Ford in the Indiana Jones films and Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible films, though I'm sure there are others that can be thought of as well. But uh, obviously Harrison Ford's aging out, and I don't know how long Tom Cruise is going to attempt to play do Mission Impossible, but eventually they're going to have to end it or have someone step in his shoes. Do you think that someone can? If so, who? Or do you think that there's just no one currently with that level of star power? There's basically this idea going around I've, that is, is Tom Cruise the last movie star, right? And that might be kind of where this question is born from. And I think the idea is, I, 
I think the idea is that like basically the there's no there's no real actors right now that have like the same the charisma to like lead a movie to like these multi billion dollar hundred million dollar box office like someone like Tom Cruise or I guess to an extent like Harrison Ford but even then Harrison Ford can never match someone like Tom Cruise um, for most of his career so like I would actually say probably not yeah like I think like nowadays like movies are really driven by um, directors the character or I would say like almost characters like. Like Captain, some like Cap, like if we look at the Marvel, like a Captain America is going to be timeless and is going to be the thing that sells a movie. Right? Yeah, so th- that's what I was going to touch on. Kenny actually was like, there's like a working theory out right now from a lot of people is that Marvel killed the movie star because mm-hmm. we are not going to see Chris Evans. We are going to see Captain America. We are You're not right. going to see Robert Downey Jr. We are going to see Iron Man. It doesn't matter who plays them, despite those guys being perfectly casted into that role we would see those movies if they were casted if they would have casted somebody else i don't like i think rdj is a perfect iron man but like at the at the same time like look at um look at black panther they didn't recast black panther when he died they just moved on to a different character but i think it's more of a respect thing than that they couldn't do it um i I almost wonder if now that we're a few years removed, if they wouldn't take that choice back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the time, because they were about to shoot the movie and they were like in the middle of writing it, uh, I think it was a little too raw to just recast right. Chadwick. Um, I think, and I think Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther is excellent. Obviously, I think any other actor, not any other actor, but I think another actor could have filled that role. Right. I don't know. I I feel like if that this were the case and if like they did kill the movie star then they also they shot themselves in the foot because they shouldn't have retired the characters after endgame if the people were getting too old to play him they should have just recast it but they will i think we will see that with like multiverse stuff like i think we will eventually get another iron man or and we already got another captain america i mean it's falcon but we have another captain america right but it's not captain america I love that for Max's question. Yeah, this was the worst possible timeline. The fact that this <laughs> evolved into Marvel talk is just. But this is like, I think this goes like the If you're asking for a franchise, I'm, like Marvel and yeah, DC yeah. are the franchises. If you're going to, if you were going to, if I'm going to pick an actor, like I think the only one and people are going to hate me. I know for what this, you're saying. The and only I agree person. With you. Is it RDJ? Chris Pratt. Oh, dang it. Oh, Chris yeah. Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. So here's the problem with Chris Pratt. I agree with you. He, I have two answers to this question. Mario, I billion that, dollars. Well, really, I have three answers. My first answer is no. I don't think anyone can step in and fill that void to the level that uh, Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford have. But if someone were, and if we're talking about strictly their star power, I think Chris Pratt has it. I think people go see movies because of Chris Pratt. But... Do I think that he has the acting chops? I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I really don't think he is. I don't mind Chris Pratt as, as an actor, but I don't think he is stellar. And it's clear that like Jurassic World was not good. <laughs> like, like maybe not the but first. That one. wasn't his the fault. First one, correct. Yeah, the first the one's series, okay. Though the series of Jurassic yeah, the series World is was bad. ultimately a failure. So like, can he keep it up on his back? Maybe not. But he's he's in line. Or speaking of Marvel again. Chris Hemsworth to me is another one that I think could maybe do it. I think he's he's not getting any other roles. He, though. I, he, well, 
let's he's in extraction one and two which is gaining steam as being a very solid uh, he was in action red dawn franchise. the reboot i mean i think him in extraction <laughs> is the closest we've got to someone else that i feel like could could do that i don't think he would that's such a far cry from like what like the star level the, the movies were talking i agree about well, that's why my, like, my, that's why my like, first answer I think was no i think that's part of the thing is like yeah, I think that's part of, like, another reason, like, streaming services have kind of killed, like, these huge Hollywood blockbusters. Like, what was, like, the, the last big, like, action movie that took, brought, like, Mission Impossible, from Hollywood, Dead that Reckoning was, Part that was one. not, like, that was, like, a new franchise, right? A new it's, like, franchise, yeah, it's tough. They're, I was they're say, all like, what just about... retreads over and over again. And, like, what once about Chalamet? Kind of... No. Shh, no. No, man, no way. Have you no. seen the trailer <laughs> I mean... for Willy Wonka? I think he's a good actor. Have you seen I the trailer for Willy Wonka? He's going to be prominent for a couple years and I then have. just kind of not, though. Look, I like Chalamet. I think Chalamet's work, especially in Greta Gerwig's films, have been great so far. Big fan. I like him in Dune, despite other people not. I saw that. I did not like that Wonka trailer. <laughs> I did not think he looked that great in the Wonka trailer. With Chalamet, I think like is like his. He doesn't have the charisma of someone like Tom no, Cruise. No, that's fair. He, Harrison Ford, like, even though, like, he's a crotchety old man, like, Harrison Ford has, like, swagger. Well, oh, and yeah, dude. I, think, I think Pratt has charisma. I think that's yeah, why he so gets cool. cast in these roles. He's so cool. <laughs> Who? That, that, that guy? All right. Well. It's, it's a meme. Kidding. You don't think Chris Pratt has it's, charisma? Yeah, oh, Chris Pratt? No, I actually think Chalamet has no, charisma. No, no, Chris Pratt has charisma. I yeah, agree with you yeah. on Chalamet. Probably doesn't have that aura that, like, Tom Cruise has. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just, also kind of don't see i it, think ultimately the answer know. is no like i don't think yeah. we have another star working right now that could fill a void like tom cruise's is holding i have one last point um for me personally i don't really care about the actors now like if brad pitt's in something i don't care if brad pitt's in something i i want to see it if leonardo DiCaprio is in something i want to see it um but i'm more interested in the writing and directors uh at this point and I think that's the the truth for a lot of people. That's yeah. fair. I think if what a person is like likable enough and attractive enough, it will bring people in. Because like we're talking about Tom Cruise, but like how many bad movies has Tom Cruise been in? Well, it's yeah, probably a lot. You, he's like he's like the Reiner Knizia though. I was saying, like when you're in that saying, many, like- <laughs> you're sure to make bad ones. But he's also made like all the Mission Impossible's, all the Top Guns, the World of the Worlds. I, there, there's plenty of them that I still that can't no, yeah, I don't think like, of the world sucked people if they're likable then they're going to get in these roles even if like they have some misses right but the question gonna... isn't can't they get those roles someone is got, someone will fill Tom Cruise's role someone will that there's no doubt about that but it's can they keep it going to the level of Tom Cruise it's not can they get the role it's not that's not my question at least I, I feel it's, like can his they longevity is an anomaly keep it up <laughs> What's weird is that like Tom Cruise started this when he was like in his twenties. I don't think we're gonna see that. We're gonna see these guys get these roles and then they're gonna pop off when they're like in their forties. Um, like jo- the John Wick franchise is one that comes to mind. Like that was like the an original franchise that came out and they casted Keanu Reeves at fifty years old or whatever. Um, so that was like, in all the Marvel movies, just to go back to them, like all of the actors are like high forties, early fifties. Liam Neeson, like his action star career, blew up pretty late into his like career as well. Okay, yeah, but Liam Neeson yeah. made one good movie with Taken, and then the rest was just yeah. But he still made those movies. 
The quality doesn't matter. Have you seen Phantom Menace? No, I've not seen. I've not seen <laughs> Phantom Menace yet. Wait, yes, I yes I have. Yeah, I've seen Phantom Menace. But Taken Two, Taken Three, whatever else he's doing now, look. I'd rather his most listen recent to his movie takes place in a car. That's all I know. All right, next question. Ted submitted, do you think the board game market much more is close to minutes. a saturation point with so many great games coming out every year, or do you think the hobby will continue to grow at its current pace? This is the question that I was alluding to earlier when we kind of talked about middleweight games being overly saturated. Um, personally, I thought for the past three years that we were probably at a boiling point, like a bubble was going to pop, and it, it hadn't happened. So maybe it just won't. Maybe Maybe this is fine. I, I think in general, I think consumers are hungry, and so I think consumers can sustain it. I'm afraid the bubble's going to pop for publishers, because I think that margins are thin, and with so much competition and so much saturation in the market, I think we're going to see more and more publishers slow down or ultimately stop altogether, unfortunately, putting out so many games. Like I just I don't know how they can keep up when at least the majority of the hobby isn't buying every game that comes out right so on that point i i do prefer publishers like devere or stonemeyer that put out like one or two games a year to somebody like pandasaurus who puts out a game See, every i feel month. like devere's pumping out games left and right these days are, but are i mean they came out with bamboo and lacrimosa but it's not I don't feel oversaturated by Devere. No, yet. that's fair. But um, I think they're getting, they're pumping out a lot more than they used to. For me, this question is hard to answer because, like, it's hard to, because I, I conflate, like, the my own personal buying habits versus, like, the broader market. Because I know for me personally, like, I've slowed down buying quite a lot since, like, probably the past year or so. And it's just, I don't know. I, and it's, but I, I think, like, there's just, the board game is just, board games are opening, bringing new people into the hobby all the time still. So as long as that keeps happening, it'll probably sustain, right? But probably what Max had brought up probably is true too. Like there's gonna come a point like where they have to slow down to um to make it sustainable, you know, long term. Yeah, I mean you look at people like Chip Theory, I don't think they're gonna have a problem staying afloat. But you look Agreed. at someone that does pump out ten games a year and you know, they sell, but they don't sell super well. Like I'm just not sure how Maybe their margins are greater. What I, I'm just afraid. It's not that I'm like saying they're doing, they're making a wrong decision. I worry for like a lot of publishers in this space that they're not going to last. But I think I, I'm with you. I think the publishers that release two to three games a year, one game a year, like Chip Theory, Stonemeyer, all like all of them are going to be in a better yeah, spot. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to have the fan base if you're doing that. Not everyone's in the position well, to release one or two games. No, a year. I think you need to have good games. Well, yes. I think you need to have you good can, games. You can't also look at Chip Theory and say, and Stonemeyer and say they don't have a rabid fan base. They have, they they have good games, but they have But they also, did that by making good games. Yeah, but you look at Stonemeyer. Stonemeyer's been rocky lately. And they have that rab- no, rabid I fan agree. base. That it doesn't really matter that they've been rocky. I mean, you could argue Chip Theory's been rocky with with uh, what's the heist one that didn't really do all that well. Um, burn cycle, yeah, burn, burn cycle. cycle. Like you could argue, of course, they've got freaking Skyrim or Elder Scrolls coming up, which I'm sure is going to be huge. But like, you could argue that 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 it's still not going to hold out forever for them. And I don't know. I hope it does. I mean, I hope we continue to have a, a multitude of publishers in this space. I just worry that it may reach a boiling point sooner rather than later. I just like, to me, I feel like there are so many games that exist, but like games, 
keep be like keep, games keep being made, but old games don't always stay in print. So like the things that do well are going to do well and stay around. And like if a publisher has a miss, they'll probably still have like some older games that are popular that they'll keep on the shelf to keep driving interest in. You know, it's just there, there's so much competition, but that just means that the good ones are going to stay and the bad ones might just fall through the cracks. Yeah, it's like some like Castles of Burgundy. That's like changed hands a few times. Like even Catan, like that's changed hands a few times too. So like people are going to keep making money off these old games, which is probably like how they're you can stay sustainable in this business. Yeah, but you so. also have rights that get buried for a while. I mean, Tigris and Euphrates is finally getting reprint after being dead yeah. for quite some time, and that's considered to be one and of the El greatest Grande. board games of all time. Like, just because they're great doesn't mean their their licensing can't just fall through cracks and disappear, basically. So, while I think I think the market is probably saturated to, uh, was it Ted that mm-hmm. asked this to uh, his point? Yeah. Like, I, 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 think, I think it probably is saturated. But I think that's a good thing for us as consumers, for sure. It's just you have to realize you're not going to be able to play everything. You have to find out what where your tastes align and go with that. Like you, If you don't like heavy Euros, you don't need to try out all these Lacerda games that come out every mm-hmm. year. Um, because I think if you think about like heavyweight, heavy Euro games, there's a billion of them. Middleweight games, there's a billion of them. So pick the one that interests you most and then go with that. Yeah, I mean, I mostly agree with that. All right, the next question from Mackie. In both movies and games, do you feel there's a point where something can be too dated to ever be enjoyed? Or can there always be a context where something really old can work? Josh? So I think as far as, like, games, they can still be enjoyed, but, like, sometimes you have to acknowledge, like, what they are. Because if you play something older, you can be like, oh, man, this feels old because I've played a bunch of, things that have taken this and iterated on it and improved upon it but if you go into it with like that knowledge then it's like oh yeah this is good for what it is um as far as movies i feel like there can be a gray area um depending on like the the era the movie came out i feel like um if you look at something like tron that like the original tron it's kind of hard to watch in some areas because of the effects. But then there are other movies like Star Wars where it's like these effects are old, but like they still look good. Or like I like I think early 2000s CGI, like the uh, the Scooby-Doo live action movie. As much as I have a, um, a soft spot for that movie, the CGI monsters on there, pretty rough. And showing that to someone who is like younger might be like, this looks awful because they weren't there when that looked real, you know? Um, But I think as long as there's not specific references that are just like lost to time and don't translate, then it can still be enjoyed to an extent. Yeah. I think this question like really depends like how patient are you? Like, like I am not patient enough to like watch really old movies just for the sake of watching the old movie. Well, I feel like mm-hmm. Max is very much in that position right now. He has a patient and drive for it. Um, I remember, like when I was like a teenager, weirdly enough, I I was in that same uh, headspace. Like I I could watch these old movies. Till I just had that thirst to like watch and understand these old classics. Um, but like nowadays, like no way. I <laughs> not no way, but it's just much much more harder for me to motivate myself to sit through like an older movie that like requires a bit more effort for me to like enjoy. So I think it just really depends like where you are in life. 
I think um, for me, uh, like I'm, I'm uh, shockingly aligned with Kenny here. Um, I think of something <laughs> like uh, an older movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which I think is just incredibly slow and boring, despite it being like very high, has very high opinions. Um, so I do think there's a point where it's like, I think if that movie was remade today, it would be a lot faster and probably a lot more action involved and I would enjoy it more. Um, but for board games, I don't think there's a point where something can be too dated. Um, now I think they you can be iterated on and be better, but like, I think some of the classics like raw El Grande castles of Burgundy, like all of these games, even despite being 25, 30 years old are still excellent. And they laid the uh, would they laid the path for all these other games, and they're still better than all these new iterations. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, I really don't think that there's any. Uh, I don't think I think basically in maybe extreme cases, maybe. But other than that, I think it can be enjoyed both movies and games. I mean, talking like Castles of Burgundy and Raw and stuff like that. I mean, like chess and Go too. Like two of the biggest games in the Yo, world. Oh yeah, great shout. Crokinole. Yeah, for I mean sure. some of like the biggest Crokinole. Like we talk about hobby games. Like chess and Go are like games that transcend hobby. Like they are a much bigger game than any board game, Blood Rage, Gloomhaven, whatever has ever been and will ever be. And those are <laughs> super old. I don't think there is really. A context in which a board game can be dated now i agree with kyle something can be iterated on um but like i don't think there's anything stopping it from being enjoyed as far as movies i don't i think that i basically feel the same way about movies um i don't think that old movies inherently take more work nor do i think old movies are inherently slower as far as when it comes to I enjoy think they are i really don't think so it depends I've watched multiple under 90 minute films from the 60s lately. That I'm not talking about time. I feel like they feel I understand slow. That. I don't if it's 90 minutes or 3 hours I understand it that, feels But slow. there's still new movies that feel incredibly slow too because I to me when a movie is slow it's a deliberate choice. It's not it's not a product of its age. When a movie is slow to me it's not oh that's because it was made in the 60s. It's the director wanted it to be slow to build tension. There are plenty of new movies that are slow too. I don't find it like really a, a matter of when it was made rather than why it was made or who made it or whatever. Like, I mean, you can go back and enjoy Pers Persona, which I just recently watched, or The Umbrellas of Sherberg. Like, those are not slow movies, really, nor did I find it difficult to watch them. Like, I didn't feel like I had to dig deeper just because it was old. It was not inherently more challenging to watch something like, I mean, I'm not thinking of one off the top of my head, but like a newer film can still be just as challenging to watch as an older film. I don't think it has anything to do with when it was made. Now, there are certainly aspects of older films that are dated. I won't disagree with that. There's, there's no disagreeing with that from a strictly technological standpoint. Plenty of older films are, are dated, but whether they're because they're dubbed over like a Suspiria or whether it's because the aspect ratio or they it was silent or who knows but i definitely think think there are challenges that come with older films but i don't think it's like really i don't think there's ever a point where it ages out i guess is what i'm saying the mean submitted what is your favorite movie reboot i only had a couple of answers for this i don't feel like i've watched enough movie reboots um for me one of them was like a questionable answer would we consider the newer screams a reboot 
That's what I was going to wonder, too. Because, like, Scream 6 is probably my yeah, choice. I think that Scream 4 rebooted Scream, right? Like, that was kind of like a, a reboot of Scream, and then Scream 4, 5, and 6 are all, like, the newer ver- version of it. I wouldn't call it was, like, it 11 years. I, just, just probably... I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's still, like, a linear... There's still, like, a, a thread. There thread. is a thread. You're right. For sure. Would you consider the sequels, like, the Star Wars sequels reboots? No. no. Okay. I wouldn't either. My 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 non questionable answer because I do think this is a reboot though maybe I'm wrong is Mad Max Fury Road, um which I've never yeah. seen the original Mad Max so I have nothing to like that was on my compare list as this well. to, but I think Fury Road's great and if it is a reboot it might be one of my favorite reboots I've just not I've not seen enough that I would that I would classify as reboot well a lot of them yet. aren't I'm great not... so right and I think that is yeah. part of the problem yeah I was looking through a list and I I just I was. It was just shocked like how bad these reboots typically are, or just where the original is just superior. Yeah. Um, the only one that I came came upon besides Mad Max that was also one for me too was Twenty One Jump Street. Um, oh, that's a great call! Is yeah, fantastic. That is an based awesome off call. A, the nineties drama that no one cares about, but they reinvented it in such a cool way to make it a, a no, fun that's movie. That's a great you know? shout. Um, for me, it's got to be All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I did not see the original, but I really enjoyed uh, the newer Netflix edition. I, Max, you didn't really care yeah, for it, right? I need um, to rewatch it. I find I don't know. I just didn't connect with it, and I really thought I would. Um, but I found it just good. I think I gave it a three. I thought it was a good movie, but like I didn't really connect with it on any anything deeper than that. I thought it was entertaining but that's about it i was surprised like i think i think i like it more than most i think me and Dolan like it more than most actually um from the people i talked to not just you but other people in a movie chat i'm in um they just said like it's a war movie who does other war mo- like there have been other war movies who do what all quiet on the western front does to show the horrors of war while also having a better storyline um but i i still really liked all quiet on the western the front oscars quite a bit, loved so. all quiet it snubbed babylon for score which was stupid <laughs> take that off i guess for the it, second it's come time. up a couple times already yeah. <laughs> so Dash. does the blade runner sequel count i don't know i've never seen either of them it's still a continuation right yeah, sort of but it follows a different main character and like it's a different director yeah. and it's like very far into the future sure for this case, sure, Josh, yeah. you can have it. Because I honestly am not a big fan of the original Blade Runner, but the sequel I thought was incredible. I, I double featured them when I watched them, so I was like, "Who's I the mean, director this is fine. of 2049?" Uh, I think the I think Dune guy. I think it's uh, Dennis. D- Dennis Mo- Mo- Dennis Villanueva. Yeah, yeah. Vill- let me, let Villanueva, or how you say his name? Yeah, Vanilla. Uh, and it was uh, Ridley Scott for the first one, right? Or am I wrong? I that's Ridley right. Scott, yeah. Speaking of more Ridley Scott's alien guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, Float uh, yeah, said... Yeah, yeah, it what... was the Dune guy. Okay. Float said, what's a recent favorite new-to-me game and movie? So meaning a game that is at least five, if not ten years old, and a movie that's at least five, if not ten years old, but that we only just played for the first time and fell in love with it. Skull King, baby! Yeah, Skull King's great call. I was going to ask the same years. thing. 2013, really... I looked it up earlier. 2013? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for me, um similar card game that I was just really 
taken back by his coloretto um dylan showed it to us and i was like wow this is such a cool and clean design i do not like it i'm playing on bga maybe i just don't get it but i'm not a fan of yeah bga is not the right place to play coloretto it works i'm playing it with you and it's fine but like nah it's definitely way better in person i want to talk before kyle because i think kyle and i have similar answers um for my game it's just reiner kenitia like (laughs) lost cities Ammon Ray, because I've been playing the 20th anniversary edition, and Raw are all classic games that are new to me. I've played Lost City some last year, but the other two were first introduced to me this year, and just like huge faves, big fans, big fans of the Reiner Knizia games. Yeah, I had written down Raw because um, I've I've really enjoyed that. I'm not a big auction guy, uh, but that one mm-hmm. really hits for me. Um, but I also wanted to give a shout out to Shakespeare. Um, which I recently played with Kenny. Uh, what a what a great middleweight Euro from back in the day. Um, I really wish that was back in print. I had a ton of fun playing Shakespeare. Yeah, and just to prove the the Max and uh, the crew don't like Euros. I've brought Shakespeare to game nights a few times now, and there's like, nah, let's let's I play some. Else. I don't. I don't so, think uh, I was ever aware you brought it. I haven't been there the past couple times, so I'm exempt from this. <laughs> yeah, what do you? The past like two times been me and whoever else is available, because everyone else is busy. Uh, anyways, uh, so for my movie, my movie was uh, Whiplash. Uh, I had no idea this was a movie until recently, and uh, yeah, I loved it. Let's go! So, like when it came out in 2014, I yeah. didn't even register. Me, so. baby. God, I loved Whiplash too. That's it's a great. So a Whiplash too. I put it on my cousin Vinny. My. Shut up. <laughs> My cousin Vinny. Yeah, that's a it's a really good uh early nineties comedy. Um I've talked to I think I've talked about it before. I don't know if anybody I bet Kenny would like it, but I don't know if Chad and Max it would be up your alley. I uh I know Jeff and Jamie started to watch it and they couldn't even make it through mm. forty five minutes. So. Something I know you all would hate. Well, probably. No, you would hate it because you're not open minded. Um The Umbrellas of Sherberg for me. <laughs> Cherbourg, Cherbourg, however you say it. Um, no, I want to watch that. This is directed by Jacques Demy, who is like, I've only seen Cherbourg, but I really want to see his other stuff. He has like a fairy tale, like Donkey Skin. He has another one that is the the young girls of Rochefort and stuff like that. And Jacques Demy is like, it's entirely musical. Like Kenny was talking about it earlier. There's no spoken word in in at least in the umbrellas of Sherbrooke like it is it is operatic in the sense that there is not a single spoken word every word is sung um but like man colors he plays with colors so much it is a it is candy like pastel candy that I just want to eat the the frame on screen it is beautiful and I just absolutely adore it it is uh also heartwarming um Damien Chazelle who directed Whiplash and La La Land uh, actually says the Umbrellas of Cherbourg is his favorite movie of all time and gives a lot of uh, nods to Jacques Demy uh, for his work in La La Land and stuff like that. For, for Chazelle's work in La La Land, he he talks a lot about Cherbourg and the young girls of Rochefort. But uh, yeah, that kind of was just very surprising to me. And one of my one of the older films that I've seen recently that was really standout and just made me want to get into Jacques Demy's other films. Is that that Netflix series with Elliot Page and a monkey? I don't have the slightest idea what you're talking about. Umbrella Academy? Oh, Some bits... that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> Some bits really work, Josh. Kyle and Kenny laughed, so I mean, I don't know what you're saying. 
Good job, Dash. Good job. Isn't that the letter U for us on our uh, ABC challenge? The entire Umbrella Academy okay, series? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is your answer, Josh? Uh, I already said Skull King. Um, I, movie. I just looked up War Chest is also five We're years We're talking old, movies, so Josh. Uh, what so is War your Chest movie is answer? Also a second um, one because, you know, I've just played War Chest for the first time recently. Oh, sorry. Movie answer. Um, I had the thing written down because uh, I saw that for the first time this year. And then also honorable mention Alien because I saw that last night. So those two are my favorite new to me movies from this year. Thank you for giving me the open space to talk, Max. Amin asks, what's your favorite game second edition reskin slash cosmetic update? I'm curious what your all's answers are. I don't know enough about reskins, cosmetic updates, and stuff like that, uh, but I do want the uh, Awakened Realms Castles of Burgundy. That's my answer. That's what I put. That, that's my yeah. I, I don't have an opinion um, on this one. Okay. We're all looking forward to Castles of Burgundy, which I believe we should be getting a copy of. I will say too, though, that the new quest for El Dorado, um, with the Vincent Dutre yeah. art is. I really like Vincent Dutre. Great artist, for sure. Yeah. Shane says, pick a game you'd like to see made into a movie. Who would direct it? Who would star in it? Kenny, let's start with you. Ah, oh, man, this is tough. I think the Arkham Horror Ooh. universe, uh, specifically catered by like uh, Fantasy Flight games, would Why be great. Why don't you great. just go watch Batman Begins? Um, what are you talking about? Arkham Asylum. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank, God, thank you, Kyle. How am I the only one getting everybody's jokes? <laughs> it's like I'm sp- picking up Max's sticks. I'm picking up Dash. <laughs> Come on, now. it wasn't a it wasn't a strong connection. But if you can laugh at Josh's joke earlier, come on. Wow, uh, Josh is funnier. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think I think Arkham. <laughs> He's leaving. He's leaving. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only here because I have to be. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to die. I don't want to be here no more. <laughs> yeah, I think Arkham Horror. There's a lot of cool stuff to pull from there. I think they have like a great universe of characters that like is beyond just like you know what you would expect out of a Lovecraft uh, story. Um, so I, I that would probably be my pick. I have no idea who would star in it or anything like that, but. I think in terms of setting and at least for base, I think Arkham how about Jonathan Majors? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not touching that. I I did like Lovecraft Country quite a lot though. I thought that did cool Why don't stuff. You pick for... David Lynch to be the director. He'd be a good director for a Lovecraftian thing. He probably would be actually. Yeah, I picked Blood on the Clock Tower because I genuinely think that like a movie like that would be really cool. Like. Something like The Witch, Clue, but like more people and different people and stuff like that. Like just a nice, like kind of classic uh, deduction film. Um, I picked, you know, I picked David Fincher or Bong Joon Ho to direct it. But now that I mention it, Ari Aster, who directed The Witch, could be a great pick for this as well. Um, but I think Bong Joon Ho would be interesting. I've not seen his take on like a mystery, like a horror type thing, but. He does everything with such intention. I feel like it'd be really good. Yeah, um, that's fun. Starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Michael Caine, Killian Murphy, Morgan <laughs> Freeman, Nicholas Holt, Rachel Sinnott, Daniel Kaluuya, and more. I think that's a very solid cast. Uh, 
So you need Wes Anderson Maybe. to direct this because you just have like seven. But this would not work as a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> no, no, this would be no, terrible. Be, you know, no, I would. Love I mean, to I would see love it. to see That'd it. So I would just be afraid it would. I would want to be able to hit the undo button. I would love to see it and then hit undo <laughs> if Control I hate. Z. Yeah, no, no. Hit back no, I'm sorry, it. Ari, David Fincher, Bong Joon Ho. I should have trusted you. Take this back. Take this back from Dave or from Wes Anderson. Have you seen like Netflix movies like where basically like you'll like give you an option of like you can choose the story goes left or right basically it's kind of like a choose your yeah, adventure. The Bundercatcher bumper. That that'd be super cool to see something like with Blood in the Clock Tower, like a mystery that unravels yeah. that could unravel in yeah. multiple ways, or like where you yeah you have input and agency and like like what happens that'd be kind yeah. of cool to see. Kyle, I picked uh, I picked Scythe. Um, because I, I'm really into alternate history as a, as a storytelling device, um, and glorious bastards being one, uh, I would have it directed by Spielberg because I think he's just like, he's just solid, you know, he's not going to mess it up and he's, uh, done like a war movie before. Um, and it would also star like the lead role would be Anya Taylor joy, uh, playing, uh, I'd watch be, that like, movie. The, the, the Soviet, uh, character with the tiger. You know, like she's got like oh, a, the blonde hair, and it would also have Brad Pitt. Pitt in it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? And Brad Pitt would also be in it, just because he's my favorite actor. So he's got to be there doing something. Do you know Brad Pitt's in Barbie? No, is he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is in Oppenheimer, right? Or no? I'm Wait, not getting my hopes no. up now. You That's you, Matt Damon. Does he drink milk in that movie? I don't know. He sucks on somebody's toes. <laughs> you know I think. Oh, it's a Tarantino okay. movie. Let's go. Can we talk? You know what? I really, we probably shouldn't get into Tarantino, but man, what a, I don't know how to feel about Tarantino. Uh, Jazz, like, what's your Like answer? as a director or as a person? Yes. He always, he, he casts himself in the roles that get to say the N word a bunch or gets to suck toes. Like, that is why troubling. do you cast yourself like, you just, in the roles that do the weirdest things that you must seemingly want to do? It's acting. But yeah, his use of the N-word is I don't have you, yeah. I agree. Have you all seen um, Jury Duty? No. Is that the TV show? Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. So, so, yeah, it is a TV show. I, it, I why just is that, that of big... course? Why is that of course? It's a 90s classic. Get out of here, Max. Oh, of I, he's talking about the TV course, show. Yeah, though. I'm talking about uh, the TV oh. show, Kenny. I knew, I know the movie you're talking about, <laughs> which I have also seen. But yeah, the TV show. I was show about is to hilarious. say, I know Jash is talking about like a fairly modern <laughs> show here. Yeah, it's just, okay. Th- that's the one where the it's like a average show. Yeah, one guy doesn't. Yeah, one guy doesn't know that he's in a TV show, and everyone else is an actor. And he, um, he's talking with James Marsden, who's playing himself. And he's like, I'm uh, I'm in the running for a movie with a director who's like one step away from being canceled. And then the guy who is the real person was like, uh, does his name rhyme with like Barantino or something like that? <laughs> this is the real dude's actual response. And I laughed so hard. I highly suggest the show. It is so fun. And you can knock it out in two hours or three hours. Yeah, I, I like watched that. it in so like quick. two sessions. What's your answer, though, Josh? A movie adaptation of Rebellion, uh, directed by George Lucas, okay. starring Mark Hamill. Shane says, <laughs> what game would you like to see have a second edition revised and developed by another designer? For example, Scythe, but developed by Cole Worley. 
I don't have a good answer for this. I picked Forbidden Stars. Yes. By the same designer who designed Forbidden Stars. <laughs> Meaning, I really just want a second edition of Forbidden Stars <laughs> that like cleans up a few things. I don't know that I need a different designer. Um, I chose Root. Oh. But by Eric Lang. Okay. So I think the thing I dislike the most about Root is just that like the repeated plays you need to get to really just even understand the game or grok it. Sure. Um, I think Eric Lang's really good at kind of taking these games that are have a lot of tension and conflict, but are able to make it like a a one and done type experience. Like you can you can get a you know, after a few games of Blood Rage, you've kind of got like you've kind of got the game down. We should degree, play Blood right? Rage again this Friday, because I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I am killing it at Blood Rage. I think I've won like the past five games we've played. Maybe you should you should put me in my place, you know? I have a game that I want to see. Is it remade. called Root? No. It's called Tapestry. Um oh, that game I don't think, deserves to be remade. I don't think Tapestry is great, but I think it's close. Um and I want it redesigned by Reiner Knizia. Um because I think Knizia is very good about at making games uh with a small rule set, which is like something that Tapestry sought out to do. Um, they were, uh, Jamie, even in his design diaries was like obsessed with saying, I want a four page rule book. I want a four page rule book. And it was like kind of forced. Uh, and I think Knizia could just do it and make it make more sense. Um, I also think you'd probably introduce some type of balance to the game <laughs> that it doesn't quite have now. Uh, I know tapestry is adored by a lot of people. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's very middling. I would probably give it a five or a six out of 10. I think it is a fine I'm game. With you, Kyle. If you want to play it, I will play it with you. Um, but it could be designed to be better. And I think Kinetia could do it. Logan asks, what is your favorite moment in Alien and The Thing? Which is very oh, hey. on brand for, for Logan. I talked about those today. <laughs> These are his only two movies that he enjoys. All right, Alien <laughs> and The Thing. I like when they ended. Oh, oh my come God. on, <laughs> This Kyle. guy. I'm kidding. Have I'm you just seen messing- The Thing? Yeah, I'm just messing with Logan. Okay. I like them both quite a bit. Okay. I think someone else is going to claim the same moment, but Alien for me is the testing of the blood. Such a classic it is a really scene. Good. Tense, funny. Oh, yeah, the thing. You're right. My apologies. Yeah, when they test the blood and the thing on the couches, man, what a tense, funny, scary scene. That's probably the best scene in the movie for me. I mean, I really love how it ends. Yeah. Just that ambiguous ending of just like them looking at each other. Totally. So good. Yeah. My favorite scene is when uh, it's just starting and there's just a UFO flying by. <laughs> the really terrible looking UFO. I, I mean, I think I think we all probably have the same answer for the alien for alien and the thing, right? Oh, see, I don't really have a good answer for alien. I don't know. My, uh, for, mine for the thing is slightly different. Well, are you going to tell us about it? <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep my secret. No, um, for for the thing, it's the defibrillator scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, a classic. One, two, three, and then just the mouth Chomp. appears. And, yeah, yeah, eats the arms. I was like, oh snap, okay. That's true. Great scene. For so alien, it's gotta be chestburster. I was gonna say, is that your answer for alien? Yeah. yeah. I really like when she saved the cat. Yeah. <laughs> I felt felt good. I love Jonesy. Felt good. 
What a good cat. I was really expecting like a twist with the cat, like her to take the cat and then the cat have like a chest burster in it or something. I was like, they're going through so much effort to save this cat. And is this the thing that like brings them more trouble? It could be like a goose in this yeah. marble. Yeah. This is a dumb answer, but I really like Brett in Alien. And like at one point in time where the one dude's on the operating table and they're going to see him and they, they're talking and he's just like, right. And then she's like, oh, you yeah. know, every time he asks you to do something, you only say right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a nice little comic relief from that guy. I I like that scene a lot. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's a it's a nice breath of fresh air in a very tense movie. I I talked about it earlier, but I really like the scene where they're looking for the um, the the face hugger. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's I think I can't remember if it's the face hugger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the face hugger. And then I also. really liked the scene in the air ducts the i feel like the tension in that scene is yeah where she's like tracking him on the monitor and whatnot yeah it keeps cutting back and forth and you don't see specifically the monster coming at them but you see the radar that it is blip yeah yeah and then for our last question of the pod logan says what is a movie that you think is super underrated kenny um, so my pick, this is again, another nineties classic, uh, but probably didn't get a lot of love was the movie Calp might know this is called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, I don't know if I know that. I think in Drop Dead Fred. You know, so Drop Dead Gorgeous is about a beauty pageant um contest. It's kind of filmed like a mockumentary uh style. Um stars Kirsten Dunst and I think Denise Richards. And just about like Kirsten Dunst is like, you know, the the girl next door is trying to do good and everyone loves her. And she's trying to, to compete in this ultra competitive beauty contest where people are just dying off randomly, randomly in air quotes. Um, but it's just it has really like nice, like pretty dark humor, but it's also just like, you know, super funny too. Um, this doesn't have very good like a Metacritic store, but I I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I, I shouted this movie out in our Hidden Gems episode, but I, I got to keep singing the praises. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, I gotta keep singing the praises of Peanut Butter Falcon. It's this incredibly wholesome uh story. It's a slight adaptation or inspiration from Huckleberry Finn about uh Shia LaBeouf um helping a guy with Down syndrome escape from his facility to go meet his uh his hero who is a old washed up wrestling star and it's just very wholesome and a lot of fun and i'll just never stop singing the praises of this movie i will go with a 90s movie as well and it's also a sports movie um it's a sports kids movie and it's never talked about in the likes of like the sandlot or little giants um it is little big league uh have you ever seen this kenny Oh, that's familiar. A little big league. It's about, uh, so this kid, 12 year old kid, his grandfather owns the Minnesota twins and his grandfather passes away and leaves the Minnesota twins to him. And this kid knows everything there is to know about baseball. Uh, and he ends up hiring himself as the manager of the twins. So it's just a 12 year old kid who's managing a professional baseball team. Um, and he just teaches them that baseball is supposed to be fun and it's not uh, as serious as adults take it. Um, and it's just real. It's actually legitimately funny. I think it's a hilarious movie. It's 
uh, I think it's underrated for that time period because there were just so many classic kid sports movies out and it just kind of got overlooked. Yeah, I do remember this. I remember the cover. Yeah, I, I do remember liking it as well. I think one of the problems with me is that I've seen only like what, what basically in modern times I've seen less than 200 films. Like I'm talking like the last five years, basically. So I, without digging back into the depths, it's hard to talk about films uh, that I haven't like repeat talked about. So I picked a couple, but it's mostly just because I, I'm not going to talk about them long because I've already talked about them on the pod. Um, but I do think that Bodies, 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 The Producers, <laughs> and Coherence are all underrated films. I think Coherence is pretty well received, but like no one really knows about it. Like it's got a good letterbox rating. I think it's a letterbox rating like 3.8, but like it just doesn't have the number. Like no one really knows about Coherence. And I think it's really a really solid film. You were going to make a joke at my expense, Kenny. What were you going to say? No, no. I, Yo, I you were going to say something. I, you, were, you were really leaning in. I'm sure you can come up with something, Kenny. Everybody on the Discord hates bodies, 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 except, except for me, for and, me Max. and I will keep. No, I like bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh, I like that movie, you, Kyle. It's so good. What a bunch of haters! Sometimes it's nice to have stupid <laughs> characters in like a whodunit. It's not a bad thing. It's supposed to be dumb. I genuinely think everyone doesn't realize that it's supposed to be bad. Like not bad. The characters are supposed to be dumb, right? Am I am it's I like the cop. Am it's I the dumb to be one? Bad. Am I the baddie here? <laughs> am I the problem? <laughs> there have been like three people in the Discord alone that have watched it in the past two weeks, and I don't think a single one gave it above a yeah, two and a half. They've attacked it Max. is controversial. <laughs> and I will defend it. It is um it is great. It is a great film. I wish that I could watch this without knowing the ending but i listened to why our do you know the ending it. oh okay because i listened yeah. to our i listened to our podcast <laughs> didn't we Thank like you. specify that if we're about to spoil the ending <laughs> and if you don't yeah, want to have the driving end- there's a there's a volume knob on your <laughs> dashboard real easy to just you turn adjust that the down. volume while driving oh Very my god shut oh i've driven with you before josh <laughs> josh is probably like this the wheel yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's really talented. No one saw what you did. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. That doesn't stop us from attempting physical comedy. That does not stop. Table knots is breaking barriers every single day. Physical comedy in podcast form. To clarify, Kyle put his phone in front of his face and acted like he was driving, which Jazz does. Drunk usually. <laughs> It's better than Man, you, you watching the Lion tea. King. <laughs> Kyle's driving down the interstate with the Lion King pulled up on his phone. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Board Game Box Office. Please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you join the Discord. Link's in the show notes below so you can chat with us about it there. We'll see you next episode. As always. Let's get out of here. Tetris. Tetris? <laughs> I hiccuped, but why Tetris? I listened to the Tetris episode the other day, and I say Tetris at the end. So, I don't know. I just wanted to say something.